I, I try. I, I'll, I won't take them unless I can actually sell it. But having to sell it more than once, which doesn't happen. <laughs> well, you have Squarespace now. I think we're live, right? We're live. All right. I like uh, that one because it's real. Like, you, there's no disputing. It's a really good product. Like, yeah, and but Chaley does my website right. and uses Squarespace, yeah. so he can actually tell yeah. the shit that it does. Well, Red Band's made, like, no bullshit, like a dozen or more websites during the time in which it took to do a Squarespace commercial. He would just slap together a bunch of pictures, call it Ari's Butthole. crazy. And put it up online in like 30 seconds, and I'm not bullshitting. It's that easy. Ari's butthole. Yeah, we made, what was the one that he made? Some a gay one with Ari? Do you remember, Jamie? There was Bert Squirts or something. Bert Squirts was one of them. But there was something about Ari's legs or something, something sexual. Ari's fierce legs, like six feet on the table or some shit like that. Yeah. Something like I'm that, right? Okay, so it does, it's probably not, doesn't exist anymore. Maybe some fan picked it up in homage. But um, it's fucking, it's a legit sponsor. Right? You can't argue with it. Some of them, they get sketchy. Yeah. Uh, th there's some, uh, a couple I turned down. Some luxurious sheets. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. And I have no idea what it was, but I do buy nice sheets because I sleep a lot. Yeah. So they go, they're going to send you a free set of these luxurious sheets. And I go, these are $300 sheets that are shittier than the $59 ones I bought from some AAA promotion on an email spam blast. I'm like, I'm not promoting that. Yeah. <laughs> Money's not that good. Well, we had this one called Lumosity. Have uh -huh. you heard of that yeah. one? And uh, it's like brain games. Mm -hmm. And they're actually kind of cool. They're fun to play. They're stimulating. But um, a pan like a games are good for you. Like if you play chess, chess is good for the brain. It's good for the brain to try to solve puzzles. Try to, it's like an exercise. So that's undeniable. But I guess someone had fucked up and like made some outlandish claims. Like it helps early onset Alzheimer's disease and fucking memory loss. And a lot of like, I don't know who said what. I don't know what happened. But they lost millions of dollars in court. So they well. must have said some stupid shit. But they were one of our sponsors. And while we were doing it, people were like, you know, Asbestos what they're is, is one of my sponsors. And that really went sideways. <laughs> you got in late. You're a late adopter. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, it's just. It's not a bad product. Like it's. It, it's. It's good. They're fun. It's fun to play. They're stimulating little games. But I guess they don't. You know, make you smarter or fix your well, fucking I, brain. My, my problem is I would promote shit that's not my sponsor just because I liked it. Right. Because I had to go to break, so I just make up a fucking <laughs> stuff you like. Or stuff yeah. I didn't even, like, I would just pick random things out of, you know, all right, let's say a Bangor, Maine a wedding attire, and just Google some <laughs> shop, and then do a whole, like, really dumb, hey, you're getting married on Tuesday, wow, where is your wife going to get a wedding dress on short notice, <laughs> just, and do the actual company without their knowledge or consent, and just do a really bad commercial, just for fun. That's a good move. That's a real good move. Yeah, but uh, the <laughs> things that I actually like, like I, I bet on uh, betonline.ag. That's where I do my sports betting. And then we, but I, I promote them all the time. Like, how am I going to get a deal if I'm promoting them for I know, free I keep, anyway? I keep telling well, you that. What'll happen is. <laughs> That's Brian Hennigan, my filthy, uncut Scotsman manager sitting yeah. in, who, who tells me, don't say anything for free. <laughs> Well, Brian, that's a good. That's always a good move. Don't say nothing for free, dude. Um, you're uh, you're off often on his podcast. Very enjoyable. We'll listen to you guys together. Oh. The podcast is pretty badass. I enjoy it. It's so loose. 
It's one of my favorite because it like it has no beginning. It's just the conversations in mid stride. When is it on? I don't know if it's fucking on. Is this thing's moving? Okay, it's my so, open mic. Yeah. I don't have comedy there, so I do a podcast as open mic just to keep in the mode of right. talking in an entertainment you yeah. know, arena. And you're cross training. Yes, basically. <laughs> It is, right? I mean, in, a, in kind of in a way. Well, it's a de facto open mic where yeah. otherwise I'd just be watching fucking Netflix all the time. So I have to at least do something right. artistically, creatively. Fuck, we, we haven't put out a podcast. We, we need you know two a week. We try to hit. How many people does this we have? Just over 5,000. Do you got? Do you think that it's possible that you could sustain a small comedy club? A small local comedy club like we were kind of talking about this the other night at the comedy store like I think if you put together like a small comedy club like you know 150 seats or so like you could fill that f even though it's a weird place and it's in the middle of nowhere you could make it like a destination thing like guys like me would do it I would do it for sure problem is the and I make jokes about it but the main source of income in Bisbee is permanent disability or handyman. Really? So that no one charges. When I just, I, I filmed this, uh, my last special there, and the fact that I was charging money at all was reprehensible to a lot of the, the town. Really? Fortunately, it sold out with out of towners within under an hour. Probably a better move that way, right? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people in a small town, they, like, I'm a rich guy there. Yeah. <laughs> really? But again, it's a destination at the weekend, mm -hmm. meaning it's the same as every comedy club on the planet. It, make, yeah. it only makes money at the weekends. It could, and it could do, you could do that because you're only, like, how far from Tucson? An hour and a half. Yeah, see, that's not much. Two that's hours not much, from that's, actual Tucson. But that's a no, fun. No, Joe's driving. That's a fun <laughs> trek. Like, that would be a fun trek. You know, you fly into Tucson, fuck yeah, we're going to go to fucking Stanhope Comedy Club. And then you take a drive, you rent a car, you, you Uber, if you're baller. You stay What's at theshadydell.com. Oh, you oh, have a place. Yeah. Well, no, that, that that's a that friend of mine's, yeah. that vintage trailer park. It's I look for reasons to stay there. Hey, let's fumigate the house so we have a reason <laughs> to stay at the Shady Dell. 1950s Airstream trailers. Oh, like those silver cool looking ones? Oh, yeah, really? but everything inside, old records with old record players, silverware and cups. Are oh, wow. All 1950s. You've got a tiki bus. Wow. You could just go back and you could role play. Mm. Could go got married time. there on a... They have a 38-foot yacht yeah. that you can stay on. Just landlocked? Yeah. A yeah. landlocked yacht? Dry, wow. dry docked yeah. or however Look how well, that, it. Look how wow. well that marriage went. <laughs> hey. Hey, citizen. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't want to insinuate that any crime took place on this podcast, so let's change the subject rapidly. <laughs> and it's fucking... How ridiculous is that? That all you have to do to become a citizen is you got to get a person <coughs> in that country to sign some papers saying you guys are together. Yeah. Like, you'll let you in. We'll let you in. But you got you to gotta be in love. I got to know this is real. <coughs> like, it's the fact that they'll fucking investigate. Like, they I don't believe I, it. I, I would gay marry someone to get them in the country just for the 10 minutes of material. Well, we were going to gay marry each other on uh, the man show. Last episode of the... Yeah, just to save each other's money. Right, right <laughs> before it was officially canceled, I remember I was in the Atlanta Punchline parking lot drunk, and I called Zoe Friedman. I go, I know the show's going to get canceled, but please, it was just when Massachusetts had legalized gay marriage. I think it was New Hampshire. 
Was it? It was, like it was some. New st- it was some. some new it was state. big news, yeah. and I go. And we were just let the track. last <laughs> episode be me and Joe getting gay married, and then show how perfect a marriage that would be. We don't fight over the remote control. You want to go bowling? I want to go fishing. There's no problem. <laughs> yeah, we we explain how awesome the gay lifestyle really would be. Hmm. Other than the gay parts, yeah. Other than all the butt fucking and dick sucking. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a great time. Uh, well, you do that before cuddle? you get married. Yeah, I guess. Just get it out of the way. <laughs> Every fucking sitcom with a married hetero couple is, uh, I want, you want to fuck? I don't want to fuck. Well, what's fascinating to me is the reinvigoration of manhood that I witness in men that are in their 40s that get divorced. Like, like Good all segue. of a sudden, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm fucking alive again, you know? Uh-huh. Don't you notice so that? The, the, the saddest part is, and it's men or women, but I noticed the women who just, they had kids when they were 18, and they married some fucking dentist, and now they're pushing 40, and the kid's in college, and they get divorced, and they're going to go out on the town, and we're going to have fun tonight. And they just stand out like they're trying to dance when no one else is dancing on the dance Mm. floor. And, yeah, it's it's sad. It's odd. It's way different. They go right back to, you know, when they graduated college. But now they're 41. But isn't it, it's fascinating because like as a human being, right, you're supposed to be like living in the moment. You're supposed to be enjoying the moment. Like you are alive. Is it just the inevitable doom of the clock ticking in the background that makes it so sad? Is that what it is? It's It's every morning for me. (laughs) I do not wake up a a morning without thinking about how much time do I have left? Yeah. When will I die? Stinks. The great demise. But I've been doing that since my early Mm mid-30s, so. Wow. Well, if you think about it, it becomes inevitable. I mean, that becomes well, something you, you have, have to Well, you also have everyone on. bashing your lifestyle. Because there was a, uh, a, an era, the Sam Kinison era, probably bad example. <laughs> <laughs> well, he died in a drunk driving accident. Mm. He wasn't even drunk. Yeah, he was sober. But yeah. We, yeah, where that was acceptable. And then it became unacceptable. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I can name me and Ron White uh, as the two comics of any... Tenure that still actually drink heavily and smokes, you know, cigarettes. He smokes cigars, whatever. Dom Herrera drinks pretty pretty heavily. Does he? Yeah, he's pretty open about it. He drinks pretty much every night. All right. Yeah, yeah. We. Have but he's some, not known for it. Like he. Well, he doesn't bring it up a lot. He you doesn't know? walk out on stage no. with three drinks under his arm like Neil Hamburger. Right. <laughs> but for real. No, he'll go up there with a drink or so. But Tom Herrera, is, he's such a great guy. I he's just like, saw him last week or two <sighs> weeks ago. He's the salt of the earth, that guy. You know, uh, that expression, he's no more true than that guy. He's just so sweet. He's just such a lovable guy. Every oh, time yeah, I yeah. see him, I just can't wait to hug him. You know, We were on a cruise ship. I was just a... a Passenger. There was a, the Impractical Jokers, which I fucking love their show so much. They put on a fan cruise, and I found it. And I go, I'm, uh, Bingo Who and are I. Who is the Impractical Jokers? Yeah, it was two Who weeks ago. Who are they? It's, it's on True TV, uh, one of the worst networks out there. Oh, that's a, and the four a guys, crazy prank old, show. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. old friends, and they do pranks oh. like you would do with your buddies. It's not like fucking Ashton Kutcher on Punked. They just dare each other to do shit. Shots fired. 
The oh, thing yeah. is, when you explain it, Doug, yeah, there it you doesn't... go. I'm the first to say it. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher, <laughs> the guy you haven't heard about in eight years, is a douche. But when you explain, <clears throat> or the, explaining the true TV and practical jokers is kind of it doesn't sound that funny but when you see it it's fantastic they're genuine and that's yeah. what I love I'll say for the it. record I met Ashton Kutcher he was very nice <laughs> but the show sucked and I love hidden yeah, camera he was a very nice guy I, I worked well, with him on that do... CBS hidden camera thing I mean I only got to talk to him once but he was very friendly this, uh, totally normal. this valet driver <laughs> is a f- he's a he's a fake and what idiot would just hand their keys to anybody well anyone who goes to a valet would yeah. it's just a smarmy tone douche he's a douche Ooh. anyway he uh, Ahmed Ahmed almost got in a fist fight with um, Travis Barker apparently uh, Ahmed Ahmed they were doing this prank on punked where Ahmed Ahmed was telling me the story <laughs> he, gotta, he gotta get like in Travis Barker's face who's and, Travis like, Barker the guy from blink 182 the drummer covered oh, in tattoos right. right he's from blink 182 right really nice guy really cool guy uh, f- amazing drummer and just uh, interesting cat all around but he, I guess he just doesn't take any shit from people and Ahmed Ahmed like he's a big guy like Ahmed Ahmed's you know 200 plus pounds probably six foot one or something like that he's a pretty big guy and except for the intimidating part he's not intimidating no you, you wouldn't Ahmed. be scared if Ahmed Ahmed if you didn't know him no he's not if you? he didn't have a suicide vest on <laughs> <laughs> may I be the first to say how dare you <laughs> how dare you <laughs> I stole that from you but so that's part Ahmed. of my regular nomenclature. How dare you? I go, that's so Joe Rogan. It's not even mine. I mean, that's just, it's out there. I don't know. Who, uh, hello, nice lady. You. Hi, nice lady. I, I know I stole that from uh, Brendan Walsh. Oh, hi, I always nice say lady's that. nice. Hey, nice lady. I use that all the time. <laughs> hey, nice lady's a good one. Because it's like so fucking pejorative, but not. It's like yeah, it's when you don't remember picky. a name, and yeah, you, but instead of saying, hey, baby, hey, good <laughs> look. Nice lady you can get away with. Hey, hey nice lady. <laughs> yeah. I actually asked him once. I go, did I steal that from you? You don't know. That's a good one. I didn't Whoever, know you did steal it, that from Is it Brennan's? Walsh always said it, but Maybe I don't know. Uh, I'm huh. assuming Sometimes he said you just it. just meet a funny guy that like fucking works in the kitchen. And he has great lines, and you, you forget where you got them from, and then all of a sudden you're like, you're all going, "Hey now," or you know, "Hey there," yeah. or you know, whatever this Please one guy hold. does. I use all the time, and I stole that from Captain Rowdy's wife, Miss Kimmy. Is a comic, old comic, Captain Rowdy, <laughs> and she'd answer the phone. It'd be for Rowdy, and she'd go, "Please hold." I fucking use that ever since. That's hilarious. Please hold. Eddie Bravo had uh, these uh, prescription pharmaceutical companies calling him up. Um, apparently he had used his money or used his number rather to, uh, like on a credit card order and bought some pharmaceutical drugs. So they would just randomly call him. Like they gave out his number. So he would just be fucking sitting around and they would call him and ask him if he wants to buy various drugs. They they sell them to you from Canada. This was back when they could do that. Mm -hmm. So Eddie Bravo would put the phone down. Yeah. He would walk away. (laughs) He would walk away for five minutes. I'll be right back. I just got to find my thing. It's just like, it's, I know I got my money here somewhere. Hold on a second. Hold, yeah, I'm definitely buying some stuff. And he would put the In phone the down. In the industry, that's called a stroker. Uh, I'm stroker. A, from the old telemarketing days. Oh, that's a right. stroker, someone that. who would just purposely keep you on the phone and fuck with you for mm. as long as they could. Which is actually a good move. Well, we were fucking defrauding people, yeah. so you can't hold it against them. No, it's fun. 
if you get that's a smart one. You got a smart one. You got one that didn't fall into the hive. I hate bounty hunters just because they're cocks. Mm. But yeah, I mean, you have a point. A stroker has <laughs> a point. Yeah, a stroker has a point for sure. Random phone calls, like especially the unsolicited phone calls, fuck them. It's all I, you know. It's no I rules. just get the fucking robots now, <laughs> and what I get now, I don't mm. know if anyone else gets this. They mimic your own phone number. So it will have my same area code and prefix and then just screw up the last four numbers a little bit. So you, I assume the psychology is you recognize that phone number and then answer it and then you go, oh, fuck, that's my phone number. And now you're listening to a bot call. Do you want to extend your warranty? You have a limited time. How many people actually buy into those? I mean, it has to be worthwhile. Otherwise, they wouldn't just keep doing it. It's a number well, it's, a, it, well, it's a robot. Yeah. It's a fucking yeah. computer. So, <clears throat> so if you could just hit a program and then go off to you know, whatever you do selling shoes. Well, you- some people are just really fucking lonely, too. That's some, one thing to take into consideration. My grandfather, before he died... My grandmother died, and then my, it was one of those classic stories where my grandmother dies, then my grandfather dies a year later. Just just didn't want to live. But in that year that you didn't visit, he got lonely. <laughs> I would take calls. I wasn't around here, man. <laughs> but in that, uh, in that year, um, he got addicted to buying things from catalogs. Like he would buy, like he was, he was, he was getting cancer. And was, he was he in his forties too? Because <laughs> no, I mean, just like he was buying things, they would call him up and they would like offer him like catalogs and stuff like that, and he would, you know, he would get the catalogs. He would order things from the catalogs, and it became like a problem. Like you, you just, he just would get it. Just like his wife was gone, and yeah. he, you know, his wife was there his whole life. So it's like you don't have anybody to talk to. And I, I think part of you just goes insane. Like, part of you blows a fuse. Like, the, the normal input's just not there. Like, usually it's you and the wife, you and the husband, you and the, you know, and then it's gone. And then, like, where's that thing that's part of my life? It's like a part of you dies. You know, and then they really do just want to die. And that's how they go. It's fucking But now, crazy. how do you correlate that to shopping? This is my beef with fucking hoarders, mm. is hoarders will do a montage like Intervention does like, well, then her husband left for another woman, and then she started, you know, <clears throat> stocking the basement full of dollar store shit. Like, right. You don't know that 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 the cause and effect. There's no scientific. You're, it's like intervention. Hey, tell me one bad thing that ever happened to you, and we'll do a montage about that, and that's why you're a fucking crack addict. There's no. There's no yeah. scientific proof that's why you're a crack addict, no. but they try to pin it on something. There's plenty of people who had great childhoods that are fucking crack addicts, but they need to you know, have some reason. It's just like chicks with fucking self-help books all over their shelf. And Well, I think it's not an either-or thing. I think that's part of it. Like, there's a lot of people that have drug addictions because of abuse. Right. We, I think we all know them. There's a lot of people that get involved in drug addiction because they were abused as a child and whatever fuse blew. They're like constantly trying to put out that fire. Right. There's that. But then there's also people that they just fucking can't do it. They just can't drink or they can't they can't do drugs. They just can't. They do it. And then 
they get shark eyes and they're fucking gone. <laughs> they're just off to the races. And we've all we've all met people. Yes, like that. I know Sean Rouse is what you're saying, but <laughs> I was saying Eddie Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Bravo's figured out how to pull it in, though. My point he's is, out maybe your your grandpa just like to buy shit out of catalogs because he's bored. No, like he I'm was... gonna die soon. Let me just buy some shit and jack up my credit card because I'm not gonna be around to pay this bill. Once the family investigated, that wasn't the case. But I can understand why you would think that. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah, saying just for your grandpa specifically, but he was people so... correlate. Yeah, he was so old country, though. He was born in Italy. He was as old country as you get. Grew up on a farm. Taught me how to break a rabbit's neck. How you kill a rabbit when it's... I was like, what he grew up fuck? in a place there were no catalogs. <laughs> and went, <"Wow."> <laughs> you know, before I die, I better take advantage of no. all these newfangled ways. It's like magic. <laughs> there was, it was always the big thing that my grandfather worked in a factory that made a part for the atomic bomb. Wow. You know? It was like one of those things that you, the whole family would talk about. You know, Grandpa worked in a factory that made a part for the A-bomb. We're like, whoa, whoa. It was like, you know, like a, sort of a, a badge of pride in some sort of weird fucking way. I don't even That's know why true. he drank, because he knew he <laughs> killed all those people in Nagasaki. <clears throat> he didn't even drink. Oh. That's He's, a guy with no conscience. <laughs> he, was, he, was an, he was a great guy. My grandfather was one of the nicest guys of all time. He was like, even for back then, it's a hard time. You know, he was not a hard man at all. He was the nicest guy. He when someone dies, nice. people say, and he was such a sweet man and a nice yeah. man. And my dad, even to this day, when I was writing this book about my mother, Oh, your father was the sweetest person ever. He really was. And you know, I couldn't even say that about my mother. She was a real cunt towards mm -hmm. the end. She was a fucking bitter, spiteful, needy... At the end. At the, the beginning, end, she met, was just I, someone who had a kid too young. I met her like three quarters in, and she was great. So well, that's because she was on the yeah. show. Yeah, I actually went back writing that book because my memory's shit, and I watched... The episode with my mom and your mom. <laughs> it's somewhere out there on some Vimeo or some shit. That's right. That's uh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, and like, it, there's a lot of things in the book that sound like bullshit. And I, you know, they just sound like I got laid for the first time when I was nine years old before you could come. And, that sounds awesome. But that's on that episode where the oh, episode right. was me and you. And they, uh, we had cards. Okay, which one of us? We uh, had yeah. embarrassing things from our childhood. And our uh, mothers were on, like, Jeopardy style. And, uh, okay, which one of us did this? Yeah. And mine was, who lost his virginity in third grade in a church? And bang, <laughs> my mom slaps the button. That's my boy. That was the name of the game. That's my boy. And she, I'm like, you're verifying everything in this book that sounds like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> on tape, thank you, because a lot of stuff. Do you ever have stories that you you will only tell if there's someone in the room yeah. to verify? Because otherwise, oh, sure. you sound like a liar. Yeah, it sounds she, crazy. Yeah, she verified five different stories that are in the book. <laughs> well, you remember when we had your mom review porn? Yeah, she was fucking great at it. She was great. She would watch these DVDs and review them. It was really <laughs> funny. It was humorous. Like it was, it was really funny. She was good. She was good. So I, I, I saw her at her best. That's when I knew your mom. That's when she started drinking again, was right after the man uh, show. Oh, no, really? She had been like 22 years sober. Oh, and then man. she was sneaking. She'd be drinking 
cough syrup because she, she's a lifelong menthol smoker. So right. she always had a cough. So anytime you went to that filthy apartment, she had mm. a little shot glass of cough syrup. So she was kind of like weaning her way back into drinking, but using the... Codeine? Like that's fucking dollar store right? Robitussin. I, I remember talking about How it on my first this? CD. That was, what year? Uh, 2000... One probably one. See, yeah, I think back then you could get the real <coughs> shit. I had. Uh, I she had wouldn't a... get real shit. She was a dollar store freak. No, but I mean, like Nyquil. Like Nyquil <coughs> would fuck you up back then. There yeah. was a comic that used to get one of the guys who worked at uh, Rascals in West Orange. There was a comic who used to get one of the uh, guys who worked there to go buy him bottles of Nyquil. <laughs> He would just drink <laughs> bottles of fucking NyQuil. My, uh, when my brother was in the Marine Corps in Okinawa, there was a whole bunch of them. They called themselves the Robo Raiders. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because they would drink Robitussin until they hallucinated. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't fucking listen to this. Oh. The regular NyQuil, I think, had codeine in it, didn't it, Jamie? Yeah, that You could get so fucked up. Like an amazing way, I uh, I got. Did you do sick. it? Yeah, I got sick once. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I've had uh, two morphine experiences. Oh. One of them was in the hospital after I had knee surgery. They gave me this thing that you could press, yep. and you could press it. Every time you press it, you get more morphine. And I was like, Oh, well, let's ding, fucking ding, see ding, what ding, happens. High score. I'm like, I am in agony. They just they drilled some shit into my knee and replaced the ligament and cut one and took out bone and screwed it together. I mean, it's fucking agony. <laughs> so I'm just like, Oh, bam, 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 and it just took me to this amazing place of bliss. I'm like, Well. Well, no wonder why that shit's hard to get. Mm -hmm. No wonder why it's illegal. And then the next time, I never would take medicine, but I got a bad cold, and I just needed to sleep, and I couldn't sleep, so I took some NyQuil, and it was amazing. It was the same feeling that I had when I had surgery. It's like the NyQuil just took me to this beautiful, like, like I just fell back into the most amazing down pillow just of love, just... I know people that are uh, beautiful, jacked on uh, the, the Vicodin. What's that? It's yeah. not a uh, Percocet. It's or, uh, no, an um, opiate. Yeah. Where I've taken Vicodin, it did nothing. Even mm -hmm. when I, I had one surgery in my adult life, was an umbilical hernia, and they gave it to me as a painkiller, and I didn't feel any pain, but I didn't feel any high. And I'm like, maybe this just doesn't hurt. <laughs> well, I had uh, a buddy that got into Vicodin um, for writing. He would write on it. He would take Vicodin and write music. Oh. Like, that was his thing. He loved to crush up Vicodins, and then he would uh, take it, and uh, I don't know how he would do it. He snort it, or whether he would just swallow them. But he would, uh, he would say that his music could become very creative, and he would do that. <laughs> I can't write on anything but uh, fear. <laughs> Seriously. I, I write sober and afraid. I, I'll write some shit down when I'm drunk, ideas, mm -hmm. and then sober me will have to go back and clean them up. Okay, yeah. I can't, at best I can remember the premise, and now I have to make this good. But n uh, there's there's drugs that are good for stage, cocaine, which I'm not a regular user of, but. I've had shows where uh, I'm just tired of saying this shit and do a bump before stage. It's great for stage. 
But for oh. writing, nothing other than See, fear and coffee. Joey Diaz says that Coke was terrible for him for the stage. Joey said that Coke would make him lock up. It would make him feel evil and make him feel greedy. He goes, it would, it would, it would take out the love. That's the amount of Coke it. Joey Diaz was probably doing is different than a small Bic cap bump. <laughs> That I would do like a like oh, a so forty eight hour energy drink. To do, eat. You, do you remember that time we did uh, mushrooms the day of the war? Oh, and yeah. uh, we took this. I've never had cocaine, but I did have this fucking coca leaves tea from Jan Irvin. He had this mate de coca tea. <clears throat> it was tea that was made out of coca leaves. And you would uh, you would drink it, and I just couldn't shut the fuck up. Remember, I, I <laughs> no, was talking to you podcast. about it. But, <laughs> but remember, you and I were having this conversation about it. I was like, "This is what Coke is like." Oh my god, this is awful. You've like, always said you're terrified of trying it because if I like it, I'll go fucking haywire. And well, I think I'm terrified of it because when I grew up, I saw two people that I was pretty close to completely ruin their lives. One was a really good friend, and another one was a really good friend's cousin. And I watched their life just go to shit. I've seen the same thing. I saw a f couple of fat girls get thin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember uh, when they had Fen Fen? Do you remember I, Fen Fen? I remember Fen? it existing. What is it? I knew a girl. So diet pill is uh -huh. just a fucking... Yeah. Truck stop speed, basically, but sold under a different marketing umbrella. Yeah. Well, it was really fucking bad for you. <laughs> I knew a girl who uh, got on it, and she went from being unfortunately, like, plump. She was like, was her she name had... Ellen Burstyn in Requiem yeah, for, for a, a Dream? dream. <laughs> no, no, it was a different girl. She was like a little plump. Uh, three people out there got that reference. Good. But that was a good movie, though. Uh -huh. Requiem for a Dream was the shit. I, thought, I almost forgot about that movie. Anyway, anyway so the she fen got on the Fen Fen, lost a ton of weight, looked amazing. But then started feeling really, really bad. Like, you know, you get, like, fucking heart issues, man. I mean, you're on, essentially, you're on speed. You're mm -hmm. on speed for, mm -hmm. like, a fucking year. <laughs> yeah. And after a while, your heart's like, hey, fuckhead, <laughs> we need some oil in this engine. We're running about 88,000 fucking RPMs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the fuck are we doing today? She looked amazing, though, man. I mean, she went from being a girl who had this really pretty face that just couldn't get her body in order. For whatever reason, her diet, drinking, you know, a lot of just people just a, booze. a story this week on uh, Newser is where I go for my yeah, <laughs> uh, read less, no more, or some dumb shit. Some girl in Wisconsin froze to death leaving a party in a tank top and shorts at six below zero. Oh, God. And then the security cameras caught her walking like a thousand feet and then just curled up and fucking died. Oh, my God. And that's the vanity. <laughs> where a yeah. chick will just d underdress to be sexy. That's why a chick always wants your coat when she goes, I'm going to dress all sexy. And then right, it's 25 but... degrees out. Can I wear your coat? No, I brought a coat because I know it's fucking cold outside, whore. How dare you, first of all. This girl was drunk. And so um, that's a, but you got to think, this, this girl has friends, right? How the fuck are our friends? Like, listen, if we're all hanging out, okay, and it's fucking six below zero, and I go, where's Doug? Where the fuck is Doug? Where's Doug? Have you seen Doug? I'm thinking you blacked out, went wandering off into the fucking Arctic. I'm going to go outside looking for you. <laughs> I would immediately. If we were all hammered, if I knew we were fucked up. So she's leaving a bar, and she's fucked up. And her friends don't pay attention. She just curls up on the ground and dies. 
Like, where's well, your fucking there, friends? there's more to her personal story, but I'm using that as an extreme example of when you see chicks waiting in, in line at a bar, like Chilkoot Charlie's <sighs> yeah. in Alaska, and there's a line around the block at midnight in the winter, and it's freezing, but they're all dressed up horishly in fishnets mm. and whatever because they it. don't. So they'd happy. rather be. Mm-hmm. in agony than look bad yeah, well it's there's so much power if you're a girl with a hot body and you have fishnets on and you walk into a bar and you have like black leather shorts and fishnets and high heels and you have a nice ass and great legs you are a queen i'm like you are a god and you know what if you're a fat girl that can outlast her you're gonna get the same fucking action it's not the same doug it is not for the, the lady. Girl, it's the same. The girl with the the fucking the, she gets the all the attention. She might get on Instagram and get fucking millions of friends, and Squarespace starts giving her money. Millions of real <laughs> honest friends, like salt of the earth, close to me. No, no, no. Fair. But enough. It's, it fills the void. Like it doesn't have to yeah, be real. Yeah, what is that void? I don't know. Kardashians made it. Ugh. Then, I Paris never Hilton speak started that fire, and then she fucking vanished before the bomb mm-hmm. went off. She got out. She didn't vanish. She got out. She got, she fucking, got out of the game. Well, it's like, oh, yeah, just like old comics. They didn't get out of the game. They got replaced. Yeah, she but was I think replaced. she actually got out of the game. She didn't need the money. Well, she develops a bunch of business ventures that are like mm-hmm. extremely successful. Yeah. Like, she makes a fucking ungodly amount of money and decided to, like, lay back. Well, she realized smart. that... Uh, the ego has a horrible byproduct. Yes. Like that fame comes at a price and the price became too much. Definitely. She didn't need to be seen with her beaver hanging out. It's probably Britney Spears, but they're all the Did same. Did they all do that though? That was like, there was a time where girls were just showing their pussy. It was amazing times. It was like <laughs> right when social media first started popping, those girls were fucking gangster about it. They just said, listen, I'm going to put a photographer in a place where no fucking photographer would ever be. And I'm going to pretend that that guy just accidentally took pictures of my pussy. Because who the fuck lets a guy get on his knees looking up your dress as you get out yeah. of a Bentley? That shit doesn't happen. That's it, not what happened. They have people. They have security <laughs> teams that rival the Secret Service mm-hmm. to make sure that doesn't happen. Yet it happened to you in the most flattering way on the day you weren't having your period and you (laughs) shaved your bush. How amazing the luck of that photographer. They always shave their bush. That's where porn won. Porn Mm -hmm. just won. If Amy Schumer... Shaved her pussy? Had some kind of uh, paparazzi shot... Upper, because this is my Amy Schumer thing. I know you don't want to get into the stealing jokes thing, because I don't know. I'm out of the business. It's a good business to be out of. But when she started doing, <laughs> yeah, like the I, I'm gonna pose naked when with my three rolls of fat, because that's what a woman really is in Hollywood. It won't touch a person like that. Like, right. I have a fucking grotesquely hangy ball sack. How bad? And I wouldn't. It's, it's it's worse than most. Do you remember uh, Joey's from? Um, I don't know. But if he you has saw a that huge picture. cock. I He's have got that a huge picture. Dick and ball sack. Yeah, yeah but the, if you have a huge dick to compensate for the ball sack, <laughs> then it kind of looks all proportionate. I have a small dick with hangy balls where one hangs way lower than the other, <laughs> and I would never like do what, some kind of uh, Annie Leibovitz fucking photo spread. Going, you know what? The porn industry. <laughs> 
doesn't accept people like me. But this is the reality of cock and balls, and I'm just going to show it. You know what? No one wants to fucking see it. It bothers me that people who you just it's not Hollywood that tells you what's attractive. I, 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 I think she's funny. I think Amy Schumer is funny. I actually watched her comedy special and laughed out loud alone on my lonely couch. But I was laughing out loud. She's very funny. She's funny on podcasts. She's really funny on radio shows. She's very quick. I, I like her a lot. Yeah. But it's, it's not just her. It's people who go, you have to accept my body style. I didn't not accept it. I just didn't buy a magazine to see it. Yeah. Well, I don't... Do you, I get where they're coming from in a way, yes. but I, but they go it, like everything. There's like, le, there's like places that it goes where I don't agree anymore, and that's one of those things. Like, huh, if she wants to be like, hey, look at my fat, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. High five. Why not? A guy can do it. Joey can yeah. do it. Joey does it all the time. I mean, yeah. in the, one of the pictures that I had for Vegas that uh, Jamie put together, <laughs> Jamie made this picture. It's Joey from like the Joey Karate days when he was like at his heaviest. And he had this giant gut and he's got his shirt off and he's like doing karate moves. I mean, <laughs> it's because it's funny. I mean, yeah. if I support Joey being funny there, all right. why wouldn't Melissa I support McCarthy. Amy? Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Is- Look at that fucking picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ad for the MGM Grand. We're there on on March fourth. But he's doing it to be funny, he's as Joey. opposed to a woman that's Hollywood overweight trying to say, yeah. "Well, you know what? This can be sexy too." Joey's not doing that to go. This is sexy too. <laughs> as a fellow comic, I always have to look at it from the perspective of like, all right. What is she trying to do? Is she trying to be funny? Or is she trying to say, I don't give a fuck? She's doing one of those things, right? And either one of those things is I'll tell you what she's... My opinion of what she's doing (laughs) is what I hope you fell into that I fell into when we were at that same age where we both started getting compared to Bill Hicks and getting too much fucking... Hicks pressure? Yes. <laughs> and you kind of try to live up to it. Mm. I think she's so big that she feels like she is the voice for all females because they're telling mm-hmm. her she is. And she's probably overcompensating on some level. Well, she's probably overwhelmed by the G-force of fame. I mean, the G-force right. of fame that she's experienced, and she experienced it really quickly. Mm. Like, Amy was on the show. I get a well, Z-force of fame. Two, and that not was even enough. two years ago, right? So a less than a year and a half ago, she was nowhere near as famous as she is now. Yeah, so she's that's gonna a- go to Africa like Chappelle just to get away from this <laughs> shit in a minute. She's, she's gonna become trans black. Is she? Does she have? Um, she's. I don't even think she's like thirty. Is she thirty? Thirty-two, I think. She's thirty-two. She's really young, mm-hmm. man. Look, when I was thirty-two, I was fucking retarded. I'm retarded now, and I'm forty-eight. But that's but when I was thirty-two. Back when I was Yoko really Hicks fucking used stupid. to fucking. You know, hey, I was Bill Hicks' best friend, mm-hmm. and you want to do a video with yeah. you? And like, oh shit, right. I have to live up to that. Yeah. Well, there was always that. Like you'd get compared to it. Like this ain't like Hicks. Like, oh my god, I can't be myself. There was like you didn't want to have your own sense of humor. You wanted to live up to this void that was uh, left behind. There was a, there's a fucking great piece. You know Jamie from uh, the Atlanta Punchline? No. The guy ran the great guy. I ran into him at the comedy store the other day. And there was I'm a, sure I do know him, but I have pro- no you, memory. I, I guarantee you know. Did you work at Atlanta? Did you ever do the Punchline? Yeah, yeah. All I remember God is bad it. shows. 
fucking one of the all-time best comedy clubs. It was a great club. They just went under. They had, okay. they had a real parking issue. So they're moving to a new location, but they took apart the old place and saved pieces of the stage and saved pieces of the green room. And the green room had, like, shitty fake uh, wood paneling. And on that wood... It might actually, actually be wood. It might be real wood paneling. But anyway, on it, it said... He says trying. that so he doesn't get sued. No, 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 because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have it here. Um, I'm, oh, yeah? Yeah. There's, a, there's one piece. I said, can I please have the piece that says, quit trying to be Hicks? Wow. Because I took a picture of it, and I put it up on the line back when there they was no Instagram. They stole that from the Austin green room. <laughs> I don't think they did. I think this no, was... I was just saying. This. It was an old fucking club. That, that, yeah. that club had been around forever, but everybody was saying that at the time. There was a million half-assed Hicks. I mean, that's what you could call them. Orators. Yeah. Well, like right now, there's like a hundred Atels. Mm. There's so many guys who talk like Dave. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many fucking Atels. You know, there's a bunch of Patrices. When Patrice was alive, there's a few Patrices. Quite a few Hedbergs. Oh, yeah, man. Well, they've kind of branched out into their own, which is what happens, man. It's like in the beginning, it's, it, what's, what's awkward is that we're watching it. But we all kind of went through, like, I had a, a bad Richard Jenny period, man, where I was on stage, and I realized I was, you know, it was like open mic level one year in, and I was on stage, and myself, I was like, oh my God, I'm definitely stealing the way Richard Jenny talks. Like, I was talking just like him, the same cadence. I wasn't even being myself. But I realized that, like, just because I admired him, and I was scared, I was trying to figure out how to do it on my own. So, it becomes a... A lot of these guys, I think that's what happens. Like, there's guys that have been compared to Hedberg that you can't really say that anymore. Like, you watch him now and you go, oh, he's found his own little weird thing. Mm -hmm. but well, Hannibal Burris, when I first saw Hannibal, it's fucking brilliant. I go, wow, he sounds like Hedberg. And then I go, I think Hedberg stole sounding black. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, man. A little yeah. bit. He had one of my all-time favorite jokes about bananas. Someone said, do you want a frozen banana? I said, no, but I want a regular banana later. So, yes. <laughs> we, were, we were going through the litany of our favorite uh, Hedberg and Attells. And, I don't have a girlfriend, but I do have a girl that would be very upset if she heard me say that. <laughs> He had such a and fucking... I knew that girl. Like that's the oh, yeah. thing. His jokes, a lot of them were reality based. Even though that's probably why he hated the Stephen Wright comparison, uh, right? Where right, he right. was saying real shit. He really yeah. did give free bread to a duck at Subway. Like that. Yeah. These things actually happened, and he wrote it in a way that was hilarious. Yeah. You we... were with him. Sorry, when he wrote the joke about the tennis. Yeah, we played tennis down there. Uh, I, 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 his first uh, Letterman special, he did the joke and he dropped my name and I was all excited. <laughs> I played tennis with my friend Doug and I realized no matter how good I get at tennis, I'll never be as good as a wall. Uh, he had a gang of them, man. He was just one of those guys, man. Just very uh, very unique. Like It's very hard to... Like compare him to someone else. He's just his own little weird category. You know, fucking Shawcroft has so much unreleased footage, and she's such a scared to put it out. I Why? don't know. And like, Why wouldn't she put it out? Well, because she doesn't. She wants his legacy to be right. She's a fuck up like all the rest of my comic friends. 
She doesn't get around to shit. So was it like stuff that he was working on? He'd like, film everything. Wow. I have I have uh, this thirty minute VHS he made me from like nineteen ninety three that he shot while we we're on the road doing like Montana run triple gigs and Vancouver and he just shot and edited back in VHS days. It wasn't computer era. Mm. He had to actually sit and fucking edit this and titled it for me and <laughs> autographed it to me and it's just he's like break dancing in the winter on some <laughs> barren road on a piece of cardboard in Montana. Oh. We're making out in a kitchen in some fucking uh, comedy club in Surrey, B.C. And he, he fucking we kiss in front of the cooks just to disturb them <laughs> and he pauses on it and plays I want to know what love is. Just... Like, he was doing that shit though in '93, and he, yeah. we were co-headlining a B room, so we were co-middling basically, right? For no money. <clears throat> I remember the night we got paid. We were afraid we weren't going to get paid because this club was definitely going under. <laughs> you could tell, and uh, we had we had to stay in the owner's house, and there's the, the owner didn't even live there, and there's stacks of dirty dishes higher than the sink, and it's just as bare mattresses we're sleeping on in the basement and we're like we're gonna get fucked out of our money and this is when <laughs> if you don't get paid you don't get home that's your gas that's everything and we finally got paid and then they're taking us out into downtown Vancouver Surrey's a, a suburb and the door guys that were cool gonna take us out to party and I was they were telling me how hot the hookers were in Vancouver <laughs> Street walkers. Oh, so, Jesus. but no, they past were. The so, yeah, we're 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 driving past all these hookers. I go, these are really street walker hookers. Like they're fucking. For me, a game. For you, not so much. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, what's the minimum? And whatever it was, they said like fifty bucks. And I go, all right, here's. I think I got paid like six hundred bucks or something. I go, here's the rest of my money. I'm just taking 50 bucks so I can't get ripped off. Drop me off next to her and pick me up in <laughs> half an hour. So they drop me off. I go oh, up to God. her and the minimum is 100 bucks. A minimum? Yeah. And I, well, I only have 50 because they told me it was 50. Nope. So I just sit on a bus bench next to a hooker working a sidewalk for 29 more minutes waiting for my friends You're to come broke. pick me up. Why would you go to a hooker with 50? This, oh, this is 1994. For 50 bucks? That's what this, the guys who dropped me off told me. I was fucking whatever. How old were you? 94, so 67. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Something along those lines. I'll think about my dick. Dick Van made the worst choices in my life. <laughs> Vancouver is one of the strangest fucking places. Because it's Canada, but it's uh, it's almost like America, Canada. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like, it's so Seattle. It's like, it's right there. Like Portland, Seattle, uh, it's, uh, boom. It's, it's right there. It's, it's almost, there. it's more San Francisco mm -hmm. in the, the, the yeah. PC and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. This piece, but there's a lot of there's a lot of wild people there too. Vancouver's got a lot of wild people. Well, it's so almost San like Francisco, a, but the ones that are cunts are very. It's almost like if Anchorage fucked San Francisco, <laughs> it would make Vancouver, right? I was trying to think of a good heroin city because there's a lot of heroin up there. 
But in Anchorage or in no in Vancouver? Vancouver. Yeah, this huge heroin. The the place we play. Brian's never been there. That's why he keeps booking me back there. (laughs) Is uh, the rickshaw, and it's in the heroin district, which they have a heroin might as well be yeah wherever all the fucking (laughs) Syrian refugees go now. There's like. If you've ever seen a, a full street flea market, that's homeless people. Like every single inch of the entire street across the street from that gig is homeless tents. And you think, oh, is this an open air market? No, that's fucking homeless junkies. All the entire sidewalk for four blocks is just wandering vagabond junkie street people. I don't want to. Uh, Heroin district. Look at this. Look at the picture. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's nuts. Can I just say it's a very good deal? <laughs> How so? <laughs> you get what you pay for in this world, right? No, no, the door deal. The door oh, deal. The door deal. Yeah. It's all wow. standing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, that's an actual restaurant. Don't. So do you tell him, hey man, <laughs> this place blows? <laughs> Generally I do, but sometimes I don't but remember. Then I explain the financial alternatives. Mm. <laughs> financial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't you can't let that get involved in your business. <laughs> you can't let the financial alternatives get involved in your business. Standing out in that back alley smoking and there's you're you're literally going, "Can I get uh some duct tape for my pant legs because there's rats are running so rampantly that you're just thinking, "Oh, that could run up my leg." There's that many of them. And raw sewage, like thick raw sewage. <sighs> I was just thinking about the poor hooker working for fifty bucks. I keep fixating on that. No, she was a hundred bucks. I, I get lied. That to. was nineteen ninety four. Like yeah, so there, so there has to be a girl out there that was working for fifty. That's Do you a ever rough 50. like drive through Utah and you go through a drive through in St. George and there's this perfect platinum blonde nineteen year old working the drive through and you go, what the fuck are you doing here? Well, because they all look that good. <laughs> oh, I didn't get to Utah until I was in my forties. Well, you haven't lived. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I do love, though, is Salt Lake City, Mm -hmm. like doing stand-up in Salt Lake City. It's like everything has got like a little extra kick to it because it's like... Because they don't get it. Yeah. I mean, mean, they get it. They don't don't get it it there. That type of entertainment. So the ones that are into it are... Yeah. It's like playing the Antarctic, which I really want to do. The Antarctic. Wow. That space uh, space station. Station. Space station. (laughs) Arctic station. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a, a documentary on that place, McMurdo's. No, McMurdo, Mc- isn't it? McMurdo. Yeah, I see. I think everybody gets it now. There's like pockets of people everywhere that get it. Like so, like Salt Lake City's not. It's not just a giant Mormon stronghold. It's also a bunch of people that just live there, mm. and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And as far as cities go, but they go, have the stigma. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. So people <clears throat> would might issue the place because I don't want to fuck yes, Salt Lake exactly. And they're yeah. like, no, we're better now. Well, it's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Like, because of all those things. Because it's underrated. Because everyone's so scared that it's a cult city. And it is a fucking cult city, by the way. Uh, I, sh- I arrived at the airport, like, uh, a few months back. Landed. And as we're going down the escalator, you see these fucking people. Welcome back, Elder Michael. 
Like, welcome back. They, they call them elders. They're fucking 20, and they're calling them elders. And they're coming back from convincing some people that don't even have, like, clean water. That they need to embrace the, the, Joseph the, the, Smith, the Mormon. Yeah. yeah, the Mormon doctrine. That's why your water's dirty. Joseph Smith <laughs> hasn't been here. It's so bizarre, man. It's so bizarre. They make them do it. They make them go to these... That's, like, part of their gig is that they have to proselytize. They have to go to these weird places and missions. Yeah, it's fucking nuts, man. A comic friend of mine went on the um, Tabernacle tour. What's that? Touring the Mormon Tabernacle. And they oh. have a tour just like the Vatican would. And you can tour the Tabernacle. And he just kept asking about the Mormon Meadows Massacre in, uh, I think it was 1857. I know it was 9-11 where they murdered, the Mormons murdered all these people. And Whoa. Yeah, it's a fucking unknown story, but Google it at home. Mormons Meadows Massacre. So, uh, yeah, but what about that Mormons Meadows? And they finally, someone pulled him aside. Sir, uh, I'd like to show you something this way. And they showed him right out the fucking door. because he, <laughs> he wouldn't stop with the Mormons Meadows Massacre. Did you know all about Mitt Romney? Did you know the whole Mexico thing? No. No. Oh, I'm going to tell you something so beautiful. Mitt Romney's family... Like, Mitt Romney's dad wanted to be president, but he couldn't be president because he was born in Mexico. Because Mitt Romney's family fleed to Mexico when they made polygamy illegal. When they made it illegal wow. to marry a bunch of chicks, which is a part of their church, they went, fuck you, we're going to Mexico. Because back in the 1800s, it didn't mean anything to live in the United States or Mexico because everybody's on a fucking horse. It's not like being yeah. on a horse over here is way more awesome than being on a horse over here. It's bullshit. Yeah. You go back and forth I'm as near, you will. I'm near a running stream. I'm yeah. better than you. Yeah. That's all that mattered. Especially in the 1800s. Yeah. So the border was nothing. It was non-existent. So they didn't want to adhere to the new United States laws against their religious freedom to marry 15 12-year-olds, so they decided to move to Mexico. So his whole fucking family's from Mexico. Mitt Romney's family, his dad's from Mexico, his mom's from Mexico, they're all a part of the Mormon cult from down there. Or religion, as it were. But they have fucking guns, and they fight off the cartel because they get kidnapped. There's a bunch of fucking crazy shit that goes on down there. There's a couple of different families. And Vice went down there and did a dock on it, don't notice how I say doc because I'm like in the industry. I like to abbreviate <laughs> shit. It makes me look cool. It's Twitter trains you to yeah. abbreviate. I know. It's terrible. No, they did it's a, good. They did one of their hours, or one of their videos online. I'll just say that. Good. And uh, it was all about these Mormons that live in Mexico still. And they have a fucking compound, like an armed Waco-style compound. And that's where he came from. So essentially, it's like that guy from David Koresh. Imagine David Koresh's son, Okay moves to Mexico and runs for president. That is what it's like. It's like that similar. I mean, not obviously, like David Crush, I guess, like shot some federal agents, shit like that. So it gets a little trickier. But well, there's, these, there's a, this branches out into a whole bunch of yeah. Uh, but these fucking people have pun? they have they have guns and they have to fight off the bad guys in Mexico. Like they're stuck down there. Like, this is where they've decided to, like, like white people like, that look like they're from fucking Utah and they're living in Mexico. It's weird as fuck, man. It's really weird. It's real weird. But if we started a compound, because our opinions are not popular, I mean, fuck this. I'm going to go to some other country or right. place where no one fucks with us and we're going to have this Death Valley yeah. party for life. Why not? Definitely why not. No, and, I'm, and don't get me wrong. And you can't blame Mitt Romney for having no. fucked up parents. He, he's not 
down there, fucking 12-year-olds. True. She's not Warren Jeffs. You, well, you can't even believe brain David Koresh. If David Koresh got into a situation where he had a bunch of people and uh, he made them uh, all have their wives sleep with them, like, that's fucking his if con. If you stop calling it a cult <laughs> and start calling it a fan base, all of a sudden you're living the free market American dream. Yeah, the problem is you label it. It's all about the nomenclature. Mm -hmm. You gotta label it correctly. <laughs> That's what the whole Scientology thing was about, the nomenclature of whether it's a church or whether it's a... Yeah, that Koresh guy was like charismatic, and he had a lot of fans. Right. Yeah, that's really what it is. They believe him if they're having yeah. a good time. Who's to say his comedy stinks? Yeah, and like <laughs> these guys, if they want to stay, a deal's a deal. You got to let the cult leader fuck your wife. That's yeah. just how it goes. And it's oh. not like we can't do the same thing in comedy. Hey, sorry, buddy. <laughs> she, she came with me after the show. Jesus says it's okay, man. Brenda, did you really leave with that comedian? How terrible. I'm leaving this cult. <laughs> it's funny that even in 2016 there's ones that will buy and do and ones that were like that one's fucking stupid you know there's like as a culture as a society there's like we get the main ones it's almost like political parties because it's just as ridiculous to have yes. the democrats as, or the libertarians or the green party or it's, it's ridiculous just Be having leaders yeah. is ridiculous yeah, it's ridiculous all of it's ridiculous it's all in some Ancient hominid bullshit that we have stuck in our genetics. We think we have to have one leader that You know stands over all of us and fucking wears a special suit and puts his hand up. We all applaud. It's retarded yeah. It's retarded. It's ancient. It's so archaic. It's just fucking stupid. We got to yeah, but if you're the first guy to not then yeah. you're then you're a dildo well, it's someone's gonna have to figure out how to break it like they're gonna have to like it. It almost is gonna take. And you know what it's gonna take? No one running for president. A charismatic leader. Mm. Unfortunately, and there you're and right there you back go. where you started. You'd have to get a charismatic leader that definitely didn't want to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, absolutely, everyone follow me in not following me. Yes, that's the move. People don't want to fuck fend for themselves. I think we're gonna have to come up with in like in our lifetime. People are going to realize that there's a lot of things that are just in place that were we were born with, and the people that set them up, they just did not have access to the information that they needed to form those decisions. Like, the reason why they started off the Electoral College and all the bullshit that we have to contend with today is because it made sense in 1776. Yep. It made sense. They were just trying to piece mm -hmm. together this mm -hmm. thing, but mm -hmm. to stick with that. To stick with Every that Every time today. someone says, you know what, in the Constitution it says, well, you. you know what, if you can make a better Constitution, make it. If you can make, if that's, yeah. you got to progress. You I think to... there's a bunch of things we have to agree on if we want to call ourselves America. Because otherwise, we become some, like, you know, we become like a fucking, become like the man show with you and I versus the man show with Adam and Jimmy. <laughs> you become something different with the same name. It's yeah. like, what is this fucking thing? This is not what I signed up for. Everybody signed up for America. And the idea of America is supposed to be freedom of speech. That's like a big one, right? But uh, how many people today are in trouble for talking about shit? I mean, how many people uh, today are in, in trouble for revealing information or talking out about things that they feel? Jesus, Ellsberg versus Snowden or yeah. Chelsea yeah. Manning. Sure, yeah. Ellsberg's a fucking hero. I like how you went with Chelsea. Yeah. I like how you did the, the correct gender. 
I did. Yes, good well, boy. I had, a long, I had a long gone. night full of stimulants and Viagra, and <laughs> the fucking chick I thought was a sure thing. Turned out to be a dude? No, no, no. The Bailed oh. out, so... Oh, you researched. Uh, yeah, so I was online. No. She's going, uh, hey, Eros Guide, is that a dude? I can't tell if that's a dude from the picture. I'm just going to not call. Sometimes <laughs> Eros Guide. better than you porn <laughs> is <sighs> looking up hookers you could actually get and then jerking off knowing, uh, you know what, for 800 bucks I could get her, but I'd have to wait if 35 minutes. you <laughs> really think the girl in that photo is actually going to come to your door, they should take your credit card and sell it to India. <laughs> they really should. Whatever they do to your credit card, <laughs> when you fucking call and leave that Visa card for the deposit, the, you, they got you. And I love that people actually <laughs> buy credit card protection without knowing that, you know what, if you didn't sign for it, it's the credit card that's eating it, not you. Where I went to uh, the Bahamas once and came back and there was a charge for $7,000 plus dollars for porcelain <laughs> tile. Yeah, that's what I do when I'm on vacation. I buy porcelain, porcelain kitchen tile. tile. $7,000 worth of it. Holy yeah, and shit. the that's fucking like credit card company full. eats it. Wow. That's what they have to do. So all those... You know, that's interesting. Did anyone steal your identity or steal mm. your credit card? We'll protect you against that. No, the fucking visa will eat it. Fuck you. <laughs> Just yeah. leave that shit laying out, and then I'll say, I didn't sign for it. I, I have this idea about <clears throat> information that money, essentially, it doesn't really mean anything anymore, right? It's not backed by gold. It's just all stored up on a computer somewhere. We agree that $100 is $100. Right. Mm -hmm. But... The, so that's it's not data. a theory. That's right. fact. But it's data. It's just just oh, yeah. ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. There's no physical thing. Well, Ugh. the thing what's happened with technology is technology is bringing people and ideas like closer together quicker. Like uh, if you have an idea, you tweet it. A, a fucking hundred thousand people might get a hold of that idea within a couple of seconds, mm -hmm. right? Videos. You put up a video, it gets crazy, gets viral. <coughs> a million people might see it in a day or two. The, the, the more technology improves, the quicker and easier it is to get to people. The, the quicker and easier it is to communicate. Well, money is information, and communication is just about information. We might come a time where the bottleneck is money. Like, we can't have possessions in order to be this one. In order to everyone connect together in some sort of a weird, artificial evolution-induced like connection to technology that we're inevitably going to have it's coming it's mm -hmm. going to happen the bottleneck might be money i think we're going to get to a point where the money's not real because i no, should have been no tripping money. instead of drinking because i have no idea what you said <laughs> but i nodded a lot <laughs> <laughs> i think we're going to get to a point where there's no more money i think that's what's going to happen we're going to get to some weird point we're going to get to a lot of weird points that we're not going to be here for. And the difference is you have kids, so you worry about it a little bit more than I do. Probably. You go, wow. I mean, everything from 100 years ago that you could not possibly imagine that are happening now. Yeah. Is happening now. Yeah. So a lot of weird shit we can't even imagine will happen. And but, I just won't be here for it. But isn't it really cool at the same time? Yeah, like it's not. It's not oh, like it's not negative. No, it's, it's like not. even the loss of money. Like this idea. Like, look, everyone. It's the negative people that are the problem. Right. With global warming and yeah, shit's gonna go underwater, and it's not gonna be the Maldives anymore. But right. it's gonna be warmer in Wisconsin, and you, you know what? You shouldn't be fucking and having that many kids next to a coastline 
Katrina. That's oh, okay. we're going to rebuild New Orleans. Oh, the water's rising and you live under the sea level. Fuck you. You know yeah. what? Drown your kids, you fucking asshole. Wow. This is outrageous. You're not going to get to host our event now. We were going to have you MC our event. And after that, we have rescinded our offer, Mr. Stanhope. That's great. We, uh, we oh, cannot shit. endorse your Here's uh, one thing. Lifestyle. Hey, drinkers out there, if you're going to bring your own booze and uh, pour it into a Canada Dry Club Soda bottle and you're mixing it with club soda, make sure you're... Realize which club soda's vodka. I just poured a whole fuckload of vodka in this, oh. thinking it was a. This yeah. shit could get real. Oh my god! I wow, could say the wrong of, thing. That's a lot of vodka. That's it's, a lot of vodka. Oh no, no, there's a lot of it's ice. Oh, it's all right. You're could, a fucking pro. I know. I have full as long as I don't try ability. to smoke your weed, <laughs> <That was laughs> then mistake. things go south. Could be worse. He could be drinking himself sober. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's been a long week. What were we or just talking? What were you just and, talking about? Oh. You were just saying something that was really interesting. What the fuck did you just say just before that? Oh, 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 oh! About worrying about it, the future more mm. because I have children. That's probably true. But you know what? It's not just that. It's not even necessarily worrying. It's about like if I see a pattern and I see some things happening, like I see a bunch of things that are moving in a certain direction. Because just like you, I don't have a conventional job. I'm not overwhelmed with having to do shit that other people want me to do. So most of my day is spent thinking about shit that I want to think about. So when I look at this whole weird pattern I'm like what are we doing like what is this society doing we're some weird fucking builder creature that's making better and better technology every year because that's ultimately what we're doing but forget about all the shit about the kardashians and all the shit about the democrats and the, the liberals and transgender rights and we're making better and better technology. All that other stuff just allows us to have fun while we're doing it. Just creates conflict and resolutions and $50 hookers and all that shit just <laughs> rolls up together. But the, at the end of the day, what we're doing is making better and better technology. That's all we're doing. That's the one constant. If we stay alive, we innovate. If we stay alive, we keep going. But if, if innovation... If you have to keep making more shit just to make people buy more shit, like, isn't the shit we have enough? Exactly. It's true. Yeah. It is. For us. Yeah. Since we live a yeah. comfortable lifestyle. There was a, yeah. a, some story today where uh, if the 62 richest Americans gave away most of their wealth, everyone would live above the poverty line. And you go, but then there would be a new poverty line. Mm -hmm. So then yeah. those people, at what point... Do, do you go, well, I'm, I'm rich enough. We get enough shit. But I all, live above the poverty line because Zuckerberg yeah. gave me a bunch of shit. And now I live in a, a one-bedroom instead of a tent or a cardboard box. Well, then now you live in a one-bedroom and you see the guy in the two-bedroom and you go, fucking dick. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. I'm you're below never the be poverty happy. line again. Yeah, you're not going to enjoy your studio apartment. Fuck that guy with his fucking two-bedroom. <laughs> You asshole. You Poverty rich line asshole. is a statistic just like football. It's a well, there's a problem with getting shit for free. There's always a problem with getting shit for free. It's not a problem. I know. You, when... po you porn, I thought, was going to give me a cease and desist going, <laughs> all right, this, 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 this is like free samples at the Safeway, and you just grabbed the whole fucking tray and ate them all at once. You fucking asshole. Stop with your cocaine and your Viagra. Well, don't they get, don't, I'm, I don't know if this is true, but you, you could tell me, don't they, like, 
isn't there like a conflict in the porn industry where the porn people aren't getting paid for those movies and they put them up for free and so like people shouldn't be supporting like those sites like there's like a there's like a, a dispute and a debate almost like uh the Napster days when uh What's Royalties. his face from yeah, Metallica yeah. would get really mad. Uh, yeah, Lars, yeah, yeah. Lars Ulrich, fucking, fucking it. People still hate that guy from that. I do. <laughs> I always swore if I ever saw him in a show, I would have him escorted out. And then one time uh, you were with me in Mill Valley, the other guy, uh, yes, Kurt, that's something, right. Hetfield or whatever his name is. He was there. Mill uh, Valley. He was there, and I said I always swore if that fucking Lars guy was here, and you're close enough, but I'm not going to throw you out. And I just started giving him shit about. I was like the first comic on Napster. Like they had a home page where they'd feature an artist right before they shut him down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and I was the first comic featured. <laughs> as when people first started finding my shit underground, and then they shut it down because of that fucking Lars cunt. <sighs> and they made their bones off of people bootlegging cassette tapes of them because they couldn't get radio play. Like, you're wow. shitting on what made you, you fucking little Weasley. I don't know. Is he Norwegian? What is he? Fucking I don't know. Danish. Whatever it is. There's no need to disparage an entire race of people just because of one man's... I will. One man's actions, Douglas. One man. Will. He fucked up. He definitely didn't have good friends. He definitely didn't have somebody who would give him some good advice. I litter, too, and I'd kill the whole Indian race just for the, when that, <sighs> that one crying fucking guy on that commercial. Sorry, that was a that stretch. Didn't, that one didn't. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. Sorry. I don't point at every one of your this, jokes. This, it's hit. true. Ladies and gentlemen, Like when we're, if we fail, it's not because we didn't try. Okay? Don't get mad. Right. Aren't they still mad? Yeah, there's only there's only uh, a four hundred and forty four thousand hours of a Joe Rogan podcast you that can fast better. forward to. Yeah, that other. How do you do this? It's not hard. No, but I'm saying you put out like forty eight <laughs> podcasts a week, and then you wrestle guys, and then you do <laughs> MMA, and then you do eighty five hours of stand up, and then uh, I have my own kind of crazy. I got my own car. Do you sleep? Deal with. Are you yeah, one of those guys yeah, who sleep sleeps good. two hours a no, night? No, I sleep good. I like to sleep solid six, seven hours a night. I'm not I'd saying like how do you eight. sleep at night. <laughs> I got to get eight. What do you mean? Am I like, do I have a problem sleeping? No, I'm saying, do, what, do you have like off hours? Oh, I, I, I want to, this is my goal in life, and I've essentially achieved it. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, within reason, within moral and ethical obligations, the law and all that kind of stuff. But I don't want... If, if I decide I want to go to bed at 5 o'clock in the morning, I don't want to hear shit from anybody. Like, I don't want, to, I don't want anybody telling me you can't go to bed at 5 o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep till 2 in the afternoon. Why not? Tell me why not. Why can't I wake up at noon? Why? Who the fuck are you? It's just stupid. So all my life I've wanted to get to a place where I could go to bed when I wanted to go to bed, within reason, and wake up whenever I want to wake up. So then if I decide, like, to get up early, like, because I have to, like, see my kids at school... I decide. It's not because like I have a boss. It's because yeah. I want to. Because I want to get up. I have a, an obligation to be with the kids, and I, and I enjoy it. And I want to hang out with them. It's not, I'm, like I think that if if you got a goal in life, the goal shouldn't be be as successful as you can be. I think the the goal like it's it's not a money thing. The goal is to make it as much like what shit you would normally do. Like you're mm -hmm. a guy, but you're, you're a driven guy. My, my point is the opposite. You're always driven to do something. You're. It's the same shit every time I talk to a tell. Like, well, why don't you just take a vacation and just go fucking sit on a beach somewhere? Because he's always 
not your your positive. Attell's always negative. Yeah. I stink. I listen to yeah. my set. My CD's no good. Everything he's, stinks. He makes me sad like that because he's so brilliant. But he's I don't, such a nice guy. I don't know. I can't imagine either of you going to a remote beach and relaxing. Oh, I relax. <clears throat> I know how to do that now. I learned how to do that. Give me an example. Learn. I go on vacations. Where? It's the last one. Costa Rica went like uh, six months ago yeah. with the family, had a great time, did some zip lining, fucking hung out, fed some monkeys. Nice. There was this thing called, uh, we called it a Pikachu. I forget what it's called. I think it's called a, um, something Cito, something Cito. But it looks like a little raccoon, but they're fucking super tame because they were hanging around this resort mm -hmm. and they just used to have vacationers. So they come right up to you and we were feeding them grapes and shit. And he got so comfortable with us, he took a nap in front of us. Fucking thing's lying there, lying down with his fucking... Legs up in the air. It was awesome. Monkey screaming at you, screaming at you, coming oh, over, yeah, yeah, trying to get food from you. Chuck them some fucking Oreos. <laughs> they open the Oreo up and they they eat the white part just like a little kid would. <laughs> like, whoa, how many Oreos you eaten, monkey? You know. So I go on vacations. All right, man. good. I go on a lot of them actually now. Not a every lot time of them, you talk about coming to Bisbee, I go, you'd be so bored here. I, we'd do some fun shit. You know what we do? Go uh, get some archery tags for uh, some javelinas and go fuck up some javelinas. I wow! I, yeah. I am against hunting, not against it. I personally couldn't do it, you but a javelina I could kill that motherfucker. Yeah, you could do it. They're rotten beasts. Well, when you They'll told me the dog, one killed your, yeah, your neighbor's dog. Yeah, it killed the fucking. Then they hang around in packs. They're like coyotes. Oh. They're fucking awful. Mm -hmm. They're awful. little demons. Yeah. They're little demons. If they didn't exist, if they weren't real, you'd be like, "Whoa, these are cat-eating, dog-eating little demons." They just doesn't. They don't have the courage to go after a person, but they would if your child was They're out blind. there. They're blind. If somebody like put a baby on the side of a Toyota Tundra and just drove a few hundred <laughs> miles on the road and just left that baby there for an hour, and the, the those peccaries—that's what they are. They're peccaries. They're not even pigs. Javelin. Everybody thinks is a pig. It's not. It's not. A pig is a different different species. It's a different animal. That's that fucking creepy fucker. That's a yeah. peccary. Peccary. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It we looks can hear a lot them. like a pig, but it's not. Look at the teeth My neighborhood is uh, three streets and then God. hills to the Mexican border. And I can tell when a pack of javelina are coming by the dogs barking. Like, okay, dogs are barking on that block. Now they're barking on this block. Now they're... Oh, and I go, man. oh, a pack of javelina is traveling that way. That's so cool that you live in a place that has these things. It's so Whoa. interesting. Yeah, they're like rats in fucking Vancouver behind the rickshaw theater. <laughs> always always be branding. <laughs> they're like little demons, man. Like if they didn't exist. Awful. If they didn't exist and there was this hairy thing in a movie that would chase after people's dogs and tear them apart. Yeah, that's where I'm the opposite of Ted Nugent. I would kill that and use none of it. But they're good. You can eat them. They're I know. Like similar to a pig in a lot of ways. The best yeah, people way in Louisiana them. eat shit they find on the road, too, but... You can. You can eat a lot of things. If you're in Shackleton's party, you can eat your shoe until you can find some <laughs> seal blubber. You can eat anything. <laughs> I think they taste good. I think javelina is supposed to taste a lot very pig-like. <laughs> like wild pig, like wild boar, which tastes good. I think you have to make it in like sausages and shit, but they, people like it. I'm still I brought Burger King. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> You hate Burger King. I hate Burger King, and I told the Uber driver, I go, listen, I tweeted, I go, I'm afraid to be early because this is a weird, empty, industrial lot that I don't want to be sitting out in front of cold and waiting for you to show up. 
and I don't want to be late because you don't want to be late. So, uh, but I wanted to eat. So I told the Uber driver, oh, we're going to be early, so just we'll find some fast food. I'll tip you extra. There's a fucking In-N-Out burger on the way up here. Well, on the exit, there's nothing but this fucking industrial area. <sighs> there's an In-N-Out burger my, a mile I away. Fucking, this is my Burger King. Fuck Burger King. Burger King only exists where nothing else is available. So you get off that exit, there's an industrial park or Burger King. Because if Burger King's next to anything else, you wouldn't eat anything. Okay, if Burger King's next to McDonald's, you would go with McDonald's. Absolutely. You know why if I Burger agree with King you? was next to Payless Shoes, I'd go with shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I said that I'm surprised that every time I watch Naked and Afraid, they don't stumble into a Burger King where there's no other option. Oh, oh. They're the fucking worst, but I had to because there's nothing else around. McDonald's brought the fucking breakfast menu to all day, but they mm. didn't bring the McGriddle. Oh. They didn't bring their greatest creation. That pancake thing with sausage and cheese, it's the greatest Anyone creation they've ever made. And they, you can't have it all day. They have a limited breakfast menu, but today on, on Newser, McDonald's soaring because they brought breakfast all yeah. day. And if you know my body of work, one of my biggest beefs ever is no breakfast after 11. Because as comics, we're not usually up before yeah. 11. Yeah. And I like breakfast. Yeah. And it makes no sense. I'm not going to do the bit. The point is that McDonald's brought breakfast all day. I love the fucking sausage burrito. Love it. I heard that's a good one. And they're fucking. Their numbers are going through the roof. I just can't take a risk because if uh, if I'm gonna, if I'm hungry, I, I I look forward to egg McMuffins yes. so bad. Yes. That I don't want to. That just a regular egg McMuffin. That's what I want. That little circular ham, circular for no apparent reason, perfectly circular ham, <laughs> like as if as if that even was related to. Oh a no, pig's they ass. breed the pigs in cylinders. <laughs> yeah. They breed them in sewer tunnels. They pack them in there and slice them thin. <laughs> I think they're actually peccaries. <laughs> peccaries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, I'm addicted to those fucking mm. things. I love a egg McMuffin. I love them. Like if I'm coming home and I'm hungry, I don't feel guilty about eating eggs and English muffins. It's pretty simple and straightforward. But we'll put a processed cheese, but whatever. Some fucking well, fake you ham. also work out like a motherfucker. I have friends in Alaska that would party so hard. They go, how, how are you in such... Well, they party that hard and then go to the gym for three hours and lift really hard. Mm. I don't do the second part. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem when? with this when? crazy been, lifestyle. Everyone's been saying this for fucking 20 years. Well, uh, you always eventually. Me, you, you always have this conversation with me where you're like, uh, how many fucking surgeries do you have? Yeah, when I you're just zero. talking today about the fucking thing they uh, they did to your knee and putting plates and screws and drilling shit well, into your knee. We're talking about morphine, right? Well, Cody. You, you had to go yeah. through that to get to morphine. Yeah, I that could was, go straight to morphine that was and 94. skip the bad knee. That was an early one. That was an early <laughs> surgery. I've had a gang of them since. Things break, man. They do on me, too. I got like three hernias work, and, and I don't lift anything. If you get them fixed, it's so easy. Eddie Bravo got two of them fixed at the same time. They just stick these, uh, they have this webbing they put underneath oh, you. I know. I got the up. umbilical one fixed. Did you get it fixed? Yeah, but the other two, I got a, a ventral where you're, 
uh, abdominal, what would be your six-pack if mm-hmm. I had one? That right. splits apart. Jeez. Not a problem. But the ventral is, that's a regular, uh, the uh, uh, inguinal, that's the groin hernia. That's the one. One word is why I don't fix those. Catheter. Oh, they have oh. to put a tube in your dick hole. Hmm. Which was- I would have done if I was coked up after being dumped, calling mm. hookers, and I'm getting a dominatrix. Yes. But what about a morphine drip? One of those ones that I got, little button with your thumb, click, 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 click. I'd rather have a dominatrix <sighs> do it fucking solid and go, you're going to just take this fucking catheter, aren't you, you See, I'm so boy. different than you. What I would like to do, <laughs> I would like to drink a bottle of NyQuil and listen to some David Bowie. Just uh-huh. get their ground control to Major Tom. And just let them do their, th- their stuff. It doesn't even involve me. I'm up here in space. I'm up here in space. <laughs> I don't have time. I don't have time to think about that catheter. That yeah. catheter is not a part of me. How many surgeries have you had? Not that many, honestly. Um, my nose, uh, both my knees. Wait, your one, nose? Yeah, I had a um, deviated septum, and I also had a bunch of um, blood that had po- pooled up inside the walls of my nose and become calcified, like a cauliflower ear. Uh, you ever see like a wrestler's ear? Oh yeah. I had that in there too. They had to carve out some holes, and they had to do uh, something called trim your turbinates. Your turbinates are like I guess it's like these bumps inside the uh, the side of your nose, and mm-hmm. they, they clean those and flatten them down. I broke my nose when I was five. I fell down a flight of stairs even before martial arts. Smashed my nose. I remember crying and blood and snot, and my nose has always been crooked even since then. And then. From that time on, I don't know. Nobody ever says Rogan's gorgeous except for the nose. (laughs) But it's been broken a bunch of times. But nothing compared to some people I know, man. I know dudes who've had dozens of nose breaks. I've had at least probably six or seven. When when you hear people bitching about athletes making too much money, they, a professional athlete will have several surgeries in a season. Mm, could be. Where Football, most, right? You know, if your dad's getting a hernia surgery, you'll fly back from college because you never know. Right. And anesthesia. Well, and these guys just have surgery. That's the big argument for steroids. That's the biggest argument for steroids. Steroids rapidly improve your ability <laughs> to recover. Rapidly improve. So if these guys get a surgery, like a, you know Achilles tendon or some shit like that, the difference between recovery when you do steroids and recovery on the natch, fucking giant difference. I mean, absolutely gigantic difference. They're not taking this stuff just for performance. They're also taking this stuff for recovery. It's in, in my opinion, I mean, done correctly, like you should allow all athletes to do that, whether it's martial artists, whether it's anybody. The problem is, like if you're talking about like a knee surgery, the real problem is you can get gains from that that will be permanent. There's a certain percentage of those gains. Gains, gains meaning you gain speed, explosiveness, right. just from taking these steroids while you're going through rehabilitation because of a surgery. So it is tricky. It is tricky because that, that cheating, whether it's playing football or what have you, that cheating will be permanent. Like, you'll be a different person. You, like, literally will be more explosive. Maybe even, like, only fractionally so. Like, maybe a half of 1% or something. But it's measurable. Like, they can measure the uh, the tissues. They can measure the, the amount of gains you keep. 
there's been some studies on it, so it's 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 tricky. How it's much explosiveness do you need as we near 50 years old? Uh, it's a hobby of mine. I enjoy it. <laughs> That's the problem. I enjoy uh, training. Like it it helps me. For me personally, like we talked about, like I do too many things or I do a lot of different things. One of the things that it seems like I have to do in order to stay even is that I have to do a lot of physical activity. If I don't do a lot of physical activity, whether it's like like uh, anything, go, I could go hiking, I could work out, I could do something. But if I don't push my body mm-hmm. and drain some energy out, then I don't feel my best. I don't. I feel uh, you know uneven. Mm-hmm. I don't feel relaxed enough. Like I have to drain the battery. Yeah. So for me, like to keep my sanity and perspective and clarity, I have to drain the battery. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do it. And the best way to do that. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say cocktails. <laughs> that works, too. Everybody's got their own way. Huh. Problem is, my way is prejudiced against... People are prejudiced against my way. My way is the way of the meathead. You can always find someone who's... Oh, fuck, he brought whiskey. I oh, thought I should just bring whiskey. Shit. We got a lot of Jack Daniels up in this bitch. I, I, I've been drinking Jack and Coke, but what I don't like is the Coke. Yeah, I'm not a fan of drinking the Coke. Coke or Red Bull or anything mm. like that feels worse than mm-hmm. like if you. I, I'd rather do methamphetamine, which is the worst drug ever. I talk myself into putting the Coke in there so I don't feel like a deviant. Just drink it straight, Jack Daniels. <laughs> it seems like something someone is uh, reckless. Would do. Not if you drink it on the rocks in a proper rocks right. glass. The nectar of the gods, and baby. You <laughs> tinkle the glass and then you sip it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what uh, Sinatra called it? Isn't that like part of a Jack Daniels commercial? The nectar of the gods, <clears throat> baby. That was a. You're thinking of Kurt Vonnegut. One of the last. No, uh, you. No, it was you. One of the, uh, no, the, I think it was a commercial for Jack Daniels. Was there? Yeah. Pretty sure it was a commercial for Jack Daniels that featured Sinatra talking about Jack Daniels, calling it the Nectar of the Gods. Wow. It was during one of his shows in Vegas. The Sands or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, they had that Rat Pack era, yeah. which is like like one of the most amazing times. Listen, here, we'll, we'll listen to it. Put your, put your headphones on real quick. Vegas nights and a mandatory at Country is Club it? Afternoons. Is this the one where he does it? His jet carried it to foreign lands. I can't get to this whole fucking commercial, end dude. In the end. Okay. You gotta, you gotta fucking try these in advance, son. How dare Either way, you? the point is, no one was tweeting Sinatra going, Don't uh, die on us, man. Right. That's they didn't true. know any better back then. They didn't think you were going to die. First of all, they thought cigarettes were made you healthy. Right? That's back when, like, did you see the, uh, have you seen the Leonardo DiCaprio movie on, um... On, Wolf of uh, Wall Street? No, the one. <laughs> I don't know. The one where he played um, uh, the FBI guy, J. Edgar Hoover. J. Yeah. J. Yeah. Edgar Hoover. The J. Edgar Hoover one. J. Edgar Hoover's mom was like talking about him being sickly and how the the doctor had prescribed him cigarettes, and she'd be smoking cigarettes to become more robust. <laughs> Whoa! Exactly. Always wrong. Don't. <laughs> Back then they were fucking wrong. uh, J. Edgar Hoover sadly died when he was, what, 35? No, he lived a full fucking life. He did. Unfortunately, but still, yeah. Yeah. uh, So when you keep tweeting me, don't die on us, man. I know I live an unhealthy lifestyle as far as we know, but I'm enjoying it. 
So until you're a fucking doctor who's prescient better than the doctors who said J. Edgar Hoover's mother should be more robust from smoking cigarettes. Well, you're a study in a way. If I was a scientist <laughs> or a doctor who's trying to study people that are healthy and happy and why, um, I would study you because I would be like, well, here's this guy that's doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. He's smoking, he's drinking, but he appears relatively healthy in comparison to a lot of other people mm -hmm. that are not doing those things, but are working full-time, soulless, thankless jobs, and they're the same age. Like, if I followed your happiness meter, like if it was a scorecard and it was like a fucking college basketball game and I could look at the happiness meter, you, you would be a, a dominating victory. In the over the nine meter. to five, offer, yeah, over the, the ever normal. I'm not saying it guy. doesn't have its downfalls. I wake up in sheer terror, and I wake up even when I'm home. I go, I got to get the fuck out of here, and I go right to Delta.com and see what the next flight. And then I chill out, and then I ease back in. There's there's down times to this. I'm not saying, oh, I'm happy all the time no, being a fucking drunk are, and though. a chain smoker. But, but we but we all are freaking. I mean, this is a, the. This is like a core tenant of being a human being. If you're paying attention, you're freaking out about your expiration date. You're freaking out about the fact that this is a finite experience. It's, it's going to end. And we don't know when and we don't know why. And, and we're getting closer. Yeah, and we're getting closer every day. But you know what? It could have happened when you were two. It happens to a lot of people at two. Could have happened in a car accident when you're five. It could happen to a lot of people in car accidents when they're five. But it's guys like you that make me feel like shit about just <laughs> sitting and watching Netflix for four straight days, not getting up other than to piss or get a snack. But you enjoy that time. I do. I wish I could just go, hey, I'm just me. Why can't yeah. I enjoy? Why do I have to always think... I see someone who can dance, and I go, I'll never be able to dance. Why don't why I don't excel at any of... Rather than focusing on what I do well, I too much focus on what other people do that I can't. Well, and that's I, where obsessive struggle comes into play, Doug Stanhope, because obsessive struggle, what I'm really into, when I... Is that obsess, what you call fucking yeah. groping men? No, no, no. That's jujitsu. <laughs> well, but I, my obsessive struggle, it, 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 it'll fall in everything, everything I do. I'm or not archery. against groping men. I shoot like 100 arrows a day. Archery. Like, I just shoot at targets. Cause I love practicing. It's fun. Okay, so, that's a great example. If I shot 100 arrows a day, I would be thinking... Why am I not doing more with my life? Like, no matter what you do, I think I should be doing something other people that I respect are doing. Wow. But you do what you do. And I just, I can't get comfortable with just doing what I do, no matter what it is. I see someone else who does something I can't do and go, well, I can't do maybe that. This will, maybe this will help. This is some insight. Here's one thing that's true. If I have things to do and I don't do them and I go shoot those arrows, then I feel like a fucking loser. That's one weird thing. Like, I can't Unless just you hit go a fuck off. a bunch of fucking bullseyes Doesn't in a matter. row. Still feel like a loser. It's like, uh, that took me until I was, like, in my 40s to realize that I can't have anything. Like, the price you pay for fucking off on something, the price you pay in mental mortgage is never worth it. It's yeah. just not worth it. If I have shit that I have to get done, I have to get it done. Because if I don't get it done, it's going to fucking haunt me. But 
what is get it done and what is within reason and that's what i had to like hit like my 40s before i realized there is a what point is of diminishing to. return what well, is yeah well it's 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 like have to, to get done yeah you have to take care of your normal kids shit, but but no but but other shit like exercise because if i don't exercise i do fucking freak out um because my body's just so used to it it's been doing it for so many years so if i don't do some form of rigorous exercise my body's like come on bitch what are you gonna make us just sit around i understand that but we all have different standards or 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 uh, perceptions of what we have to do right where you you go what do i really have to do right i would consistently obsessively make lists of shit i have to do and then I would find one from you know a year six months ago that I lost and made a new list and I I didn't have to do any of that shit. It, I, I, I Maybe, think I have to do shit. Yeah, that's definitely true. You definitely don't have to do anything. You just have to survive, right? Definitely. But if you want to try to achieve something, like if you want to try, if you have a, a Netflix special that you're going to film in six months. And you decide, I am going to piece together a perspective, and I'm going to try to get this material. And I'm going to try to take it on the road. But I'm going to need to have some life experiences. So I'm going to need to go to the Museum of Creationism that's in Kentucky. I'm going to go there. I'm going to fucking sit down. I'm going to talk to the people. I'm going to, I'm going to gather some information. If, you, if you, you have some shit that you want to do, then you have some shit that you need to do in order to accomplish the thing that you want to do. That's real. But it's only on your choice. But what's that, that's when it's at its best. And that's the beautiful thing about what you're doing, what I've been able to do, and what it, it's many a matter people of, that are listening to this that are self-employed or they're artists or that are trying to do that, that's the ultimate goal is to do what you're doing. It's deciphering between what you have to do for you versus what you think you have to do for other people or to yes. live up to the fans or to whatever. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do I actually have to do? Versus what I think I'm supposed to do. Right. And that's what I can't get rid of. So I always think I'm supposed to do, so I have mm-hmm. to. Well, here's a key. Here's one key that I've found. This is just my personal perspective. Kettlebells, people. No. That's what you have no to do. Assistance. Kettlebells. No, don't get an assistant. When you get an assistant, you're just putting a Band-Aid on a problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is your life's gotten too complicated for one person. I have now Brian. All of a sudden, That's who I is, have. Yeah, you guys have a partnership. This is a completely yes, different experience. Okay. You, well, you have you an assistant. No, I don't have an assistant. I don't have an assistant. I did you? No, never. All I right. won't do it. That's my one. I won't have anybody who takes phone, makes phone calls for me. Have you ever got a phone call from someone? Hold for Bud, please. Like yeah. My friend Bud would do that. I would fucking, I'd call his goddamn cell phone, and this, the woman would go, Bud, cell phone. I'm like, Bud, you're not that much of a big shot, you fuck. Answer your goddamn cell phone. It ain't that hard. <laughs> I guarantee you Tom Cruise answers his own fucking cell phone. There's a few people that just, they, they have someone who does everything for them. And essentially they become like mommy. And then it allows you to focus entirely on your task at hand, which is to feed this machine that you've created of employees and fucking hairdressers and, and all these different people that follow you that you have to carry around with you. You're like, yeah. You become like a, a, an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. No assistance. As soon as you need another person to figure out fucking where you're going and what you're doing and show you what your calendar is, you fucked up. You got too crazy. Like you stay, stay low key, because you're gonna absorb that assistance problems too. You're gonna absorb yeah. that assistance yeah. fucking pill Whoa, thing. Fucking yeah, trick. fucking all sorts of issues. Taxes. They never pay their taxes. You're gonna, you're gonna take those fuckers in, man. They're gonna be like stray dogs. You're gonna have real problems or a great friendship and you know a wonderful relationship. You just gotta be lucky.
So you said that was the first thing. Yeah, I don't have any fucking assistants, man. That's okay. number one. Don't do shit you don't want to do when you don't have to do it anymore. That's another one. A lot of times people get famous and they get, they get successful and they get wealthy. And then they start thinking, I just got to fucking keep this going. We need to do movies, man. We're going to fucking do, we're going to do our own soundtrack. You don't, have, <laughs> what, you don't have to do any of that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go back to when you and I were 21. What, what, you started when you were like 24? Yeah. I was 21. 23. What did we, but, what did, but essentially, we were in our early 20s. What did we want to do? We wanted to fucking make a living telling jokes and be the greatest to get pussy. thing ever. And I couldn't sing karaoke. Yeah, so. get pussy, sing karaoke. And make no, a I living... couldn't sing karaoke, but comedy yeah. was a thing I could go up and sign on a list and then try to get pussy. Okay, so that's the embryonic stage. But once you became a full multi-celled organism, when you became <laughs> an actual like guy who's trying to put together an act, what was the ultimate goal? I just wanted to do it. I wanted to be able to do it well. I wanted to be... You didn't want to have a day job. Well, yeah. You want to be a pro comic, right? That was a long time. I, I spent three years of just going, I can't believe I'm driving to Montana 18 hours to get free cheese cubes at a happy hour and 125 bucks. Exactly. I'm doing it. Yeah. I did a gig with this kid named Scott Papacuri on a place called Block Island. We stayed in a fucking storage house where they they, <laughs> they stored canned goods. They had canned stock. It was an island you had to go to. The people were so drunk, they were barely alive. The audience was filmed. There was no comedy to be had. I never even got on stage. They canceled the show when he got on stage. He got on stage. He told 10 minutes of jokes. He fucking cut the mic off. It was over. It was a disastrous, horrific fucking set. Have you had more fun since? Probably well, not. It was a good time. It was a good time. He used to have another gig called the Mattapoisett Inn. It was uh, in Mattapoisett, Massachusetts. It was this fucking, this, it was like a hotel. And then downstairs, there was like this lobby that inexplicably had one of the best comedy rooms in all of Massachusetts. It was amazing. Guys like Teddy Bergeron, Lenny Clark, they would headline down there. Don Gavin, they would headline down there. And I worked there a gang of times with the same dude. So like I assumed that this gig was going to be like his other gig, which was amazing. But it was a new gig. So we got in a boat. We, we took off to some fucking stupid island in the middle of nowhere where these people are just drinking themselves to death. They were monsters. They were just drunk, bloated monsters. There was this woman. She looked like Don Barris with a dress and a giant red Winston Churchill like gin I almost got her face. off Eros Guide last night, but go ahead. She's worth it. She was just screaming at you know, this guy who was on stage. I'll never forget her. I, I glorified the early days when I was in them. Yeah, like, I, I, me too. I, I look back at some shit and go, ah, that's probably worse. But most of the time I go, I can't believe I'm doing this in the moment. <laughs> I, like, I was having so much fun fucking the ugliest strippers in the world <laughs> and just happy. But that's before people had expectations. <sighs> and as soon as I got... What, <clears throat> whatever level of popular I am, yeah. There's a, a people who expect something and like ah fuck, <laughs> god damn it! I have to work. <laughs> Can't just go up on stage and eat a plate of nachos and tell everyone to go fuck themselves. <laughs> they paid good money now. I love the the transition has come full circle. That is. Are what you it is, OCD? Because right? I just drank straight off. I know. Your bottle. I just yeah. No. 
my herpes not, is that, only on my dick. That's Don't not worry. OCD, is it? What is that? I mean, right, that'd be germphobic. Him. If I was yeah, germphobic, yeah. I wouldn't be letting dudes sweat Fucking in my mouth. Hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dudes, dudes are sweating in my eyeballs. I, uh, I guess my you ears. couldn't be I fucking sweat in my ears. Oh. I guess you couldn't be hand sanitizer guy and wrestle dudes in a fucking 69 position. Well, not only that, but I'll do a 3,000 seat show uh -huh. and I'll go outside and take pictures with everybody. Yeah, I'll yeah. shake I'll shake hundreds Jesus, of hands. I remember the time you brought me to uh, UFC in Vegas. The only time I've seen it live. And you walked through the crowd as they're all lined up to get in this monster aggro fucking <laughs> and just everyone's just glommy joe can we get a picture you can't get a picture with three thousand fucking people that are in line yeah you can't do that but you just walk through like you're fucking moses parton sees they can't do it gotta, gotta go gotta go I have three people when I'm trying to rush out, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm such a fucking dick. Like, I, I try to run out the back door like Hedberg used to do. <laughs> Hedberg was legendary on a one-nighter with 100 people, not asking for autographs because he's not famous, but he couldn't even deal with people tell, giving yeah. him feedback. He'd just run out the back door. It's It's definitely an issue, you know, if you really are worried about that if you're thinking about feedback or if you're just worried about interacting with these people where it's, it's, it's a weighted conversation you know like they like you and you don't know them so it's mm -hmm. weighted and the problem with weighted conversations the big one is that those can become intoxicating and you could only want to have a weighted conversation you only want to have conversations with people who adore you you can't those are those are terrible choices like that's a that's a reality that only exists for very few people and it's not in our code we don't understand how to to handle that especially when it comes to you for no reasons like you're a child actor on a television show and you've never known anything else mm. you know like that's an impossible mathematical equation to ask some little kid to grow up in <coughs> you are going to grow up and you're going to have requirements on you that no human being is going to be able to commiserate with no one's going to understand you're essentially a prince you know you're born and you're five years old you're on a tv show and the world screams whenever they see you on television it doesn't make any sense i didn't see the movie but I get cut out of it. But uh, I saw a trailer, the Chris Rock movie. I take think, five, I, <clears throat> take five, and uh, he. I, I believe in the I, I, uh, the trailer. He says that's the problem with being a celebrity is you can only complain to other celebrities. Well, they, Chris Rock is in that level. Like, I, I yeah. think that's his line in that movie. I didn't watch it because I got cut out of it. He's <laughs> so famous, we can't be friends with him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we're not famous enough to be friends with Chris I Rock. I say hi to him. I go, hey, what's up, dude? Nice to meet you. <laughs> then I get the fuck away from him. He's too famous. And if, <laughs> you know, like, every time Dave Chappelle and I hang out, I can't even believe we're talking. Like, he was famous. at my 30th surprise birthday party. Really? Which yes. one? Where was that? Chris. Dave Chappelle. Where I, was it? Farfalla or something. He's the best. That's when I was date. That's before I met you. Probably I was dating Christine Hodge. No, we were a third. You're 48. You 48? Yeah, you're a month yeah, before me. 
Okay. You're older than me. You're you're oh. an old elderly man. To I'm me. your your elder. I'm a March. I'm like, you're like a those. February. So if I come uh, to the airport, I expect you to be there for the sign that says Elder Elder Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> elder Rogan. <laughs> we'll make our own Friars Club, and you're going to have to get me in. But if we were, um, we were both. 30 in LA at the same time then you had to be in LA because that yeah, was, was 97 yeah, were you in LA in 97 far follow yeah Christine okay. Hodge yeah made that's when we met right it was around then yeah. you're in the book when I met you because uh -oh. I met you when my mother was on stage at the union yes and someone said Joe Rogan wants to meet you because <clears throat> he heard you yeah. have the same kind of comedy and my mother was on stage and you came in and I tried to drag you out so you wouldn't have to see that's the your way mom. I, I think Joey Diaz might have been the instigator. I think Joey Diaz might have said, you got to fucking meet Doug Stanhope. He's one of us. He's one of us. He's a fucking soldier. Because that was when Diaz was trying to figure out how to be Diaz. Like, Diaz, between 96 and 98, was in his, like, hatching phase. And then he burst out of his egg and became Joey Diaz in 99. And I'll never, I'll never forget it. Because I, I used to take him on the road with me, and all of a sudden I couldn't follow him. Like around '98, I couldn't follow him. I was like, "Fuck!" I wouldn't want to follow that guy. Oh my God, we were in West Orange, New Jersey, the same place where the guy bought uh, for the the comedian. He bought a bunch of fucking Nyquil bottles that I was talking about oh, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, same place. Uh, I brought in Joey, and this is also the same place where Joey uh, notoriously would just—he was a wild man. He just disappear. Shit would go wrong, you know, or right. You know, he'd have a fucking a, a big bag of coke and some crazy girl, and he'd be holed up, and he'd never make it to a show. So I didn't want to not use Joey anymore. So I started bringing Ari on the road with me, other guys on the road with me as well. So yes. if Joey didn't show up, at least I had, like, one opening act. I got booked at uh, Uncle Funny's in Davie, Florida with Otto and George because he had such a reputation of not showing up yes. for shows because he was a crack addict <laughs> that they built it as a triple X show. So they would co-headline us in case he went on a crack binge. I could cover the time because we're both of an ilk of triple X. Yeah, you you would be for, you'd fit right in there. Well, back then I could do. I was just all dick jokes. It's triple X. I'm not on you porn. <laughs> I did uh, a bunch of Jersey Shore gigs with Otto and George. Otto was awesome. He's a he was such a like like a weird soft spoken almost like a, a guy who he looked at like old school like uh, vaudevillian times he had like this like affection for those days yep. like, we used to do these uh, prom shows in uh, Dangerfields mm -hmm. and one of the you things did that he prom said to, shows with oh, Otto yeah, and George I did I did and um, the same do thing. your listeners know Otto and George oh you have to if you're a fan of comedy he's I'll go out and say this. He's the greatest puppet act of all time, right? He, uh, Well, he's the only puppet act that a comic would appreciate. Well, there's a... He stunk at ventriloquism, oh, but yeah. his jokes were so awful. And he never changed them, and you never cared. Madonna, this is my favorite. Madonna's such a whore, her pussy has a drawstring like a laundry bag. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him in He's, Florida. That he, time he showed up, God. He had some fucking classes. He had, uh, and I, I and I would goad him into doing it, even though there was a, 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 a partial audience that was black. <laughs> don't you hate black guys with tattoos? You're doing a great impression, by the way. I don't know. It sounds just well, like I, George. I, <laughs> hey, brother, look at my tattoo. Look at my tattoo. 
I can't see your tattoo. You should have done it in whiteout, you filthy circus ape. <laughs> I walked out of the room on that one when there were black people in the audience. Oh, my like, God. I can't. He had you some, filthy circus ape. He had some fucking relentlessly brutal shows. That was the puppet talking for the record. The Not, puppet got stabbed. Yeah, what? I heard. At Dangerfields in New York. Yeah, I always thought that was a uh, urban legend, no, but he confirmed no, it. No, he told me about it. He told me his mouth to my ears. He told me his fucking puppet so did, got stabbed. Yeah. He, he, he told me the one of the most fucked up I've ever been, and I only remember because there was coke involved, and then you remember. Coke I makes probably, you remember? Oh, yeah, it makes you alert and going, I shouldn't be able to drink this much. But it was uh, me and Alpha Brain. Me and Otto and George. It was 2005 in Montreal, and it was me and Otto and George and Dylan Moran. Oh yeah. In a fucking hotel room at the Montreal Comedy Festival, and I thought, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna die. Jesus. And the other people are gonna die before me. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking Dylan Moran falling asleep with lit cigarettes. Waiting for more cocktails to be brought up to the room. I don't know. I was at the fucking gas station in Hollywood right next to the Laugh Factory uh -huh. the other night. Uh, driving home. I, I, I never try. I try to Hang never get on, gas. ladies and gentlemen. If you're ever near the Laugh Factory and you need gas, we're going to stop and do a commercial break. Go to the... Sorry. This fucking guy walks up to me and he's cracked out of his head. There's something wrong. Something wrong. He's asking a bunch of weird fucking questions. He's real speedy and fucked. And he's smoking. And... <gasps> When I went to pump gas, someone had done some fucking sneaky trick where, um, you know, you press, like, what gauge do you mm -hmm. want? You press the button, you pull the thing out. They had left it already pulled back and locked in place. So, so when I pulled it out, spraying. it started spraying oh, gasoline. So I let it go. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I, I you know, I undo the little thing that keeps it on. And there, But there's gas all over the floor. And then I start pumping gas in my car, and this guy walks up with a cigarette. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's got a cigarette just a few fucking feet from this gas that's on the ground. And if the guy decided to just throw yeah. the cigarette on the ground, I mean, we are literally depending upon the choices of a fucking moron to not have my car blow up, me die. I'm, I'm literally thinking right now, I might have to sprint out of this position. Because have you ever seen what happens to people when they get in those... Those like they say that you shouldn't even have a cell phone out. It's there's there's potential for a cell phone to have a spark, and that spark ignites the fumes. That fumes ignites the gas, and people have died like that. It's very rare, but it's one of those the right amount of humidity in the air, the right amount of uh, static yeah. electricity. Weird shit can happen. This fucking guy's just standing there with a cigarette, and he goes, "Hey, this is a nice car, man. Where'd you get it?" Oh. I go, "I got it from a car store." <laughs> and then the guy in the, the fucking loudspeaker's going, Sir, will you step away from the pumps? You're, you cannot Again. be smoking a cigarette while you're, while you're standing in the pumps. So this guy is angry now because they're suggesting that he shouldn't be near the pump. So then he holds his hand up oh, no. over where the gas is. Oh, and it's getting no. real touch and go, man. It's real touch and go. And I'm like, I am not going to fucking burn to death for some moron. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, what am I do? do? What do I do? Do I j jump out of the way? Or do I just charge at this guy? Like, there's one of two things that's going to happen. Either I'm going to jump out of the way, and he's going to light this whole fucking place on fire, and I might get to the road. I might get to Laurel Canyon before the fucking gigantic explosion hits. 
and all these fucking houses go up in flames, and that's how it happens. One asshole. One stupid fucking asshole. Looking at me, I didn't finger you when you were six. I don't have any <laughs> idea what happened to you that got you to this position. But here you are, fucked up on something, looking at me, and you're holding a cigarette over where the gasoline spilled on the ground because the guy in the fucking the sp speaker booth has chosen to, to pick on you. It got real weird, man. It's, uh, it's weird when you this. said finger you when you were six because you were obviously doing a black guy. No, uh, when you wasn't said, a black guy. Oh, well, I thought it was a black he guy. He was Latino. And when you said finger you when you were six, I thought you meant point you out of a lineup. Yeah. That's how racist I am. There was something wrong with this dude. There was a bunch of, there's probably a bunch of things wrong with him. I think there was probably drugs, and there's probably something else. Mm. It was stupid and drugs together, but there was definitely some drugs, because when you know when he was talking to me, it was just it was just like there was a, a weird. It was like a fucking scary dog, uh -huh. like a, a scary dog, like a dog that just wasn't like, oh, what's this fucking dog? Get out of here! <laughs> I have irrational fears of things blowing up, including balloons. I left a Perkins once because there was a girl doing balloon animals on a Sunday morning for kids and. Just stuff popping and blowing up creeps me out. You gotta I, get past that. Well, it's just you a go to weird one of those camps. So they just wake you up to a fucking bunch of balloons blowing up the fucking gas tank. BB blowing guns, up. I don't. E-cigarettes is a fucking sponsor. I didn't quite turn down yet, but I told Chaley do research because I've read like five or six stories about people. Having e-cigarettes blow up and shatter their entire fucking oh. teeth and jaw out. There's one that's a guy got paralyzed. It blew his fucking spine sideways. Whoa! You only have to read a couple of those stories where you go, uh, no, no, I'd, I'll die of cancer before you know I have one of the craziest ones I got for an ad. They want to do an Uber for babysitters. I'm like, bitch, are you out of your fucking mind? You th you think you're gonna just have like a you go like oh do you, someone watch my loved one someone watch my child who can't even tell me what happened to him come on over strange person why well, I'm sure oh the Uber driver just, actually no not a real Uber like an, an Uber for but like yeah, this has, I, they babysit this, it's really clear like, this has nothing to do with Uber this is like the the concept that Uber uses it's Uber like, I need a, I need gotcha. a driver to take me somewhere right now right okay I need a babysitter to watch my kid right now. Get the fuck out of here. I was like, you gotta be out of your mind, man. I was like, they started describing it to me. I go, no! <laughs> no! I'm not gonna be a part of your shitty decision making. Like, even if it works out a thousand times, How the old one are your time kids where now? it doesn't, seven and five, the youngest fuck. ones. Crazy. It's weird. I want to ask a question. Talk which is, in that, like, um, you're driving home from a gig, I'm assuming, at the comedy store, and you pull into that. Gas station. I want to hear like the doors in the background. Okay. Riders on the storm. And dun, but dun, 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 right up, it's the, I find it's like the it's like the majesty of life. Until that moment, you did not think your life was going to be in peril that night. True. You were just suddenly in that moment, just trying to get some gas. Yeah. That's the random beat of life, man. It's like but that's what I do all the time. I drive. It's an hour and forty-five minutes from Bisbee to the airport. And every car that comes past me the other way, I, I, I wait in, in case they're drunk. Are they yeah. going to swerve into me? 
Douglas, I'm, that's called being intelligent. I'm not <laughs> afraid of death. I just want to avoid it. Well, you just don't want to die because an asshole is doing fucking trucker meth. Yes. And he decides to start beating off all over his fucking steering wheel. And he can't hold on to the thing when he hits a possum. And his thing's all slippery like lube. And he fucking goes flying into your lane and hits your 2013 Suburban and but turns I you do into that hamburger. all the time until I'm drinking and then I don't give a fuck. Exactly. Well, that's up. why drinking's beautiful. Because what drinking does is it limits inhibitions. It blows them away. It takes them away. It brings you to a place where you don't care anymore. You're like, I can enjoy this moment. There's, there's some fucking magic shit in that. The, the whole key to whether it's drinking or smoking weed or doing mushrooms or doing nothing or exercising is like this harmonious balance. Mm -hmm. like, there's a path. Yes. You tweeted this today. Yes. It's from your book, you fucking this, cunt. Is this some shit that strippers put oh, on their Instagram uh, page? Alcohol cannot... Yeah. Hang on, this is from Brian's book. Alcohol cannot cure every problem in life, but if we remove the problems that it can't cure, then the path is clear. <laughs> That's, That's beautiful. Brilliant. Thank you. Pass that Jack hey. Daniels. Oh, yeah, yeah Patrick Robertson, A Tale of Adventure, my novel. That's a beautiful Available quote. Available on uh, Amazon now. clear. Yeah. That's true. It's true. I, I have a distrust for people that can't drink. Yes. Because I, I'm not saying that drinking is the end-all, be-all, but it's also an option. And as soon as it's not an option for people, there's two, there's two reasons why it's not an option. It's either genetic, which I completely understand. Because mm -hmm. I know people that just fucking have that wacky gene. They just yeah, have Yeah, they it. turn into a Shark Jekyll eyes. and Hyde fucking... I've seen... I, I, I dated a girl once. At the fucking union, by the way. At the union, she was so nice. I met her. She was so sweet. She was from out of town. She was in. She was like. She didn't have anything to do with show business. She was completely normal. We went out one night. We had a nice dinner together. I'm like, wow. I think this girl's gonna be my girlfriend. I was like convinced. <laughs> I was like, she's really cool. Like she's friendly and she's nice to waiters. So all the things that I like. She's uh -huh. kind. We the next day, I go because there's a comedy show. I mean, maybe the next day. The next day I see her. Whenever I see her again. And she's fucking hammered before I get there. And she's shark-eyed. She's gone. And she breaks a glass like this. Oh, and just no. like, And she just starts talking shit about something. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, well, what a fucking one. Hey, can we fuck really quick and then I'm going to no, drop you off? No, there's no fucking going on. <laughs> she might as well have been a small, hairy, sweaty dude with shit smeared over him. But like, like one of those fucking things that those old uh, plaster guys do when they're, they're, they're wallpapering. She might have been covered in shit. She, she might as well have been a, a, a peckery. I mean, the, the whole thing was, there's no way. I was gone. Like, my, my survival instincts were, like, slamming on the brakes. I was like, what the fuck, dude? You came that close to this being your girlfriend. She's breaking glasses and looking at you like a fucking zombie. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I went from one to the other. One to, one to like, wow, what a, like, a friendly, nice person that'll make me, like, feel really good when I'm around her. We're going to have some fun together. Uh-huh. Next time, uh, uh, shatter, fucking, I'm thinking her stabbing valets in the neck with a beer bottle, and falling face first, chipping her fucking oh, teeth on the curb. I'm picturing the whole deal. I spent three years in one of those. I know, I swear to describe that. That's yeah, yeah, not mentioned. I was there. <laughs> I was there for that. 
But at her best, she was good. Joe, you used two at phrases. Her best, she was beautiful. Yeah, she was an awesome person at yeah. her best. That's 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 the most magical thing about people is that they're not like the idea. Like this is why I hate when people start to shame people or attack people on Twitter and go after people. Because not you, you cannot be defined by moments. You're defined by the culmination of your life's experiences and your interactions. And as soon as you find someone who's trying to, like, I, uh, just label someone or lock someone into one particular moment, you're finding someone who's just trying to avoid all the flaws they have in their self. When, when no one's perfect. None of us are. And the, the idea that you can lock a quote down and put it, Doug Stanhope said that he thinks that fucking, you know, whatever, this guy should get AIDS because his jokes suck. You know, like, if you, be, you I know was, what I'm saying? I was trying to describe Chad Shank oh, to yeah. the, the friend I'm staying with while I'm in town. And I, everything about him sounds, Chad Shank, well... He used to do this and that, bad things, and he can't leave the house because he's afraid he might hurt someone really bad or murder them. Yeah, you were telling <laughs> like, me the other day. Yeah, he's the most beautiful human being yeah. in the world, but to try to explain him based on his own like biography. Sure. Exactly. He's fucking fantastic. There's a lot of people like that, my yeah. brother. There's a, there's a lot of people like that. It's always going to be the case. But he so. understands his own insanity mm -hmm. and learns how to work around it. And there's these flashes of awesomeness that come out of people like that. You know, there's flashes of awesomeness that come out of unconventional thinkers, unconventional people or people that, for whatever reason, you know, the pressure came from a different direction and created some fucking weird kind of like personality diamond, you know, and that's Diaz. I mean, Diaz is the epitome of some weird personality diamond. And I'm not even just talking Joey. Like Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz, the MMA fighters for the UFC. Every Diaz. There's a lot of Diaz out there. All the Spanish there. people the have Diaz a fucking brothers. weird... And Star Scarface. Fuck you. Fuck Frank. <laughs> fuck the Diaz brothers. <laughs> right? Yeah, if you fuck just read Frank. Joey Diaz's fucking rap sheet, you go, that's not a good person. Well, actually, person. his rap sheet is not that extensive. He got away with a lot more really? than he got in trouble for. The point is, if you if you explained all the things that Joey Diaz had done right. wrong, right. you'd never appreciate Joey Diaz. Exactly. Like, if people in my community, okay, I live in a nice community of white people with babies. If people in my community, I say, they said, well, who's... What, what, what kind of people do you associate with? Well, one of my best friends went to jail for armed kidnapping. There was a guy that had coke, and he wanted to get the coke from the guy, so he tied him up, and he threatened him with a machine gun. But he's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's That's so what awesome. I had to do with fucking Chris, <laughs> Krista. I won't say her last name, but Krista. Like, I'm like, I'm staying at... This guy's house, I'm like, it's her. she just got out of prison. It's a girl that went to prison for two years because she had fucking a lot of weed in her car and got busted in, like, a weird county in Illinois. <sighs> you know, those documentaries oh, yeah. where they thrive on busting people. Sure. Like, hey, do you mind if I bring my ex-felon friend? <laughs> yeah. Is, that, uh, is it okay? Well, I know I'm staying at your house. Well, people get scared. What are you going to do? You're gonna, your friend's going to come over. They're going to steal my checkbook. Douglas, exactly. Who, can you vouch for this, this girl or this Joey Diaz character? Exactly. But the thing is, like, at least Joey Diaz has. Well, they both, I'm sure, have talents. But Joey Diaz has a very marketable talent. Like he goes on stage and kills, and you forgive him for everything. When Joey Diaz goes on stage and crushes, you go, I don't care what he did. I don't care what he did. Come on over. <laughs> Come on, let's party.
But that's, I mean, that is the reason why, like, in the late 90s, I brought an extra opener. It was only because of Joey. It's because I just realized. I'm like, oh, that's, uh, that's what started that conversation yeah. was Joey Diaz, one time the Lakeshore Theater. Oh, yeah. I booked him the headline, and uh, he just, at the last minute, hours before, he calls up the booker and says, I can't make oh. it. I got some shit going on. He's like, I got but, but you're, going you're, 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 you're going on in a few hours. He goes, shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Joey Diaz story is I'm in Jersey. I'm working at Rascals. And this is, this is before I decided to start bringing the second opening act. And it's the reason why. First night, he just doesn't show up. He says he didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know the guy. I didn't talk to me. I wasn't sure if it was real. And uh, then the next night, well, they say they had to get some local guy. The local guy shows up. Like, literally, the show starts 40 minutes late. The whole thing's a disaster. Local guy does well. I, you know, we salvaged the show, right? Second night, an hour before the show, I finally get Joe. He had a pager back then. If he lost <laughs> that pager... He was that a was ghost. two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the second night, he called. I I get him on the phone, and he goes, "I'm not gonna lie to you, dog. I never left Vegas." <laughs> so it's a fucking hour before the show, and he just, he wasn't even in New Jersey. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and I had to make a decision. I'm like, well, I'm definitely not gonna not work with him. So I need to get another opening act. I need to give up some more money. <laughs> the problem with so many comics and. <sighs> I'd say 90% of my friends is they're great comics when they're there and they're on. Yeah. But they're fuck-ups. We tried of to course. do that tour, The Unbookables, like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. That's a problem. But, but the point is they're all funny, but they're fuck-ups. Oh, I'm 41 years old, and how do you rent a car? Yeah. Oh I, my I can't God. help you. This is so fun. Yeah. Well, it's, this you can't, you can't like completely hold their hand and take them to the dance. But once they're at the dance, you can tell them where the good music is. Unless you, after the dance, they start biting people. Yeah. <laughs> See, this, this yeah. there's all sorts of levels of fucked up, and you got to find out. Like you, you and I both have a functional level of fucked up. Like one of the things that you and I, I think we we like very early on. I think we both realize we're fucked up in very different ways, but we're both nice functional. guys. We're functional. functional. And we're both nice guys. Like, that's one of the things, like, when we worked in the man show, we're nice guys. A lot of people forget that's the most important part. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most important things. You see fucking guys that you thought, didn't you retire when I started comedy? Well, they're still yeah. working there because they're nice guys and they're friends with the owner, even though they suck. Yeah, yeah. Nice guy actually gets you further than it should get you. It, well, it's also the, <clears throat> there's that, but it's also, it's the right thing to do. Hmm. Because right. I think you and yeah. I both remember when we were scared and when we first started. And like, I know that you are really good with young up and coming acts. You're the reason I found out about Brandon Walsh, who I think is hilarious, because I saw you Brilliant. with him in uh, L.A., and that's mm -hmm. how I found out about him. Mm -hmm. And that's like, to, to me, there's, there's certain people, like if Joey says this guy's funny, he's funny. You know, if Ari says someone's funny, they're funny. If you say someone's, like if you're taking Brendan Walsh on the road with you, I'm like, well, Brendan Walsh obviously must be, he's in. He's in the group. You know what I mean? He's, he's in the, the network. He's but in. a lot of guys think because they're funny, 
you taking them under their wing is all they ever have to do. And you go, all right, you haven't written a joke in four years. That's a problem. You get a fucking... I've had a few of those guys. I had to cut them loose. But yeah. then there's guys like Ari that I, I, I... Ari is, out of all the guys I ever took on the road with me, he listened more than any of them. He would like you. You would like you would say something to him instead of him getting upset and saying like, "Yeah, but I could have done this." He would go, "Oh yeah." Like he's the like one of the only guys. Like Duncan kind of too. But Joey and I had a very different relationship. Joey's my relationship with Joey has always been praise and love and friendship and both ways. Like we're yeah. pretty, and he's just always been so funny. Like ever since he figured it out, like, I, I don't I can't tell him what to do. You know, I just love him and give him hugs, you know, and he's kind of the same way with me. We just, but uh, Ari, like when I met Ari, he was the fucking, he was a door guy at the store. I started taking him on the road with me and giving him money to do gigs. Like the first time I took him was, uh, I think the first gig he ever did with me was the Comedy Works in Denver. And Mike Young yeah, she used to me. go on the road with me, mm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, I called Mike Young. It's back like the early days. I had a flip phone, and I called Mike Young. I go, Mike Young. I go because Mike Young had to cancel for a wedding or something, you know. And I called him. I go, Mike Young, you fucked up. I go, listen to Ari Shafir killing. And then I held the phone <laughs> out to the fucking audience. I go, you fucked up, son. And I shut. <laughs> And I told Ari about it, and he was fucking crying. But Mike Young was always there. He was the only reason why he was there was because Joey couldn't come to Denver because he had a restraining order. <laughs> Yo. yeah. Oh, has, oh yeah, Joey and his fucking Denver. He had a restraining days, yeah. order with the club. He literally could not go in the club. He wasn't legally allowed to go in the club. He also wasn't <laughs> oh, I legally you allowed. Meant the state. No, that was Seattle. I couldn't take him to Seattle. I had to bring new guys to Seattle because <laughs> he had some fucking domestic violence charge. Or well, the kidnapping no, happened in yes, but it wasn't uh, domestic Denver. violence in Seattle. It was like something happened. No, mm -hmm. it wasn't domestic violence. It was some some form of violence. In Seattle, that was unrelated to his machine gun kidnapping a drug dealer charge. <laughs> so I had a fucking take totally different crew. I had a Seattle crew, which consisted of Duncan and Ari. That's how Duncan got in the mix. <laughs> Seattle and I Joey love Diaz. Duncan. Duncan's the best. Yes, he's great. He drives a Mercedes now. Oh. He's got some crazy AMG dentist mobile. But I go, I'll ask you off the air about another thing. Another thing. Oh, have you, Joe? Have you ever had to like read the riot act to any support act? Like, have you ever had to sort of discipline someone? No. Well, in what way? Like, I don't know. What, like, tell some. Don't fucking do that again in front of me. Yeah, I know. Me like don't sort of like say, hey, you're, you've been late three nights in a row. No. Here's Brian's. Brian yeah. likes to find the worst thing when we're in a green room at an improv and a waitress comes back to bring us drinks pre-show. Who is the worst comic you've ever had to That's work with? That's the same with? thing I always ask. Yeah, there you go. I always ask the guy who has to drive you to the radio. Yeah. The guy who drives uh, you in the morning. I always say, who's the biggest dick? Yeah. Uh, Richard Jenny came up a lot. Oh. Really? Yeah. Uh, even though, like uh, I said, I was a huge Richard Jenny fan. you want to say at the fan. same time, who comes up the first? Who? Eddie Griffin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's crazy. But again, Eddie Griffin, you go back to Eddie Griffin on um what was the fucking the hbo deaf comedy jam eddie griffin on deaf comedy jam he had shorts on and <clears throat> crushed he crushed to the point where i remember watching him he was on hbo when i was like barely an opening act 
maybe like some sort of a half-assed Fugazi middle act, right? And I watched him on HBO, and he fucking destroyed. And I remember being so sad, thinking I will never be as good as this guy. And I don't have it in me. There's nothing. He was bouncing around on stage, and he had, like, power and expression. He was skinny and wirely, like some kind of fucking Jiminy Cricket character, hopping on stage. And he, was, he had so much fucking performance, like, talent in him. I remember thinking, man, I will never be as funny as Eddie Griffin. I'll never forget that. When I, uh, I did fuck Opie and I, I did uh, O and A uh, when they were O and A and Dice came in because they were scheduled at the same time and Dice came in and immediately lit up a cigarette and Opie <laughs> goes, oh, shit, uh, Dice is gonna smoke in the studio. Like, like I can't tell you no. And right. there's no personalities like that anymore. In comedy, the the Kinnisons, the Dices, there's no. I'm overwhelming. I'm a rock and roll star. He well, was you, impossible to talk to. He was a complete character, which I yeah I, I love. I love. But let I me tell you this: the reason why you're not like that is because you're better than him. <laughs> well, I know that. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the same sensitivity to the moment that I'm makes you become self-aware. I'm not saying I'm good. How I'm dare better. you say you're better I, than Hicks? I said it on Rogan's podcast. I'm you better than Hicks. You motherfucker, you and Ari, I'm going to put you in a spaceship and shoot you right to the fucking sun. I need some more hate mail, but the <laughs> point is, tell me one thing, you... Guy that hasn't said anything the whole That's night. That's Jamie. Tell me one thing you know from Hicks's body of work that tells you anything personal about him. There was, uh, yeah. He had opinions. He, he didn't, didn't have fucking, enough time. You, here's did the he thing. date anyone? Oh, man. Where did he live? According to his fucking body of work, what was his day like? What did he ever fucking do that made him a human being? He had opinions. He could read a book and then make a dick joke in in the middle of it and then right. make the point. But, You're right. right. Yeah, I'm but, fucking better than Hicks. But I'm not as good as most comics working today, but I'm better than fucking Hicks. <gasps> How dare you? Well, I didn't yeah, but, die at 32. <laughs> well, he had, he had a problem with cigarettes. You apparently don't have a problem with them. <laughs> Um, I'm way better he, at cigarettes. He was than a his. different. He was at a different age. And I he, don't breathe through my pancreas. Well, if you go back, <laughs> you you are rude, and you're killing my heroes. But if you go back to Lenny Bruce's day, mm -hmm. like if you go to my house, I have Lenny Bruce posters. I have in my where I have a pool table in my house, and above my pool table, I have Lenny Bruce at the Fillmore. And then in my office where I write, I have uh, this Lenny Bruce performance film poster. Mm -hmm. It's a movie poster. Bill Hicks, but I've, fucking, but listen, hang, hang I'm never going to listen. Hicks, Bill Hicks winked at me in a giant like a poster gateway? in your house after I came out of the only time I ever did DMT. <laughs> I swear to God. I came out of this thing going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And then I saw there's a Bill Hicks. I have and a Bill Hicks where he's lighting a cigarette with the American flag. Oh, yeah. It's in the pool room. That's in the pool room, too. Uh, whatever that's, room I yeah, was in when I went, where I we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I worried about you that night. I thought I lost you. Because uh, that the, that the, I, I got him high on DMT, and, and a we went fucking. I think I gave him a way too big a dose because he, he was the first guy I've ever met that foamed at the mouth, like legitimately. He had bubbles. That's the poster I have in the pool room. Uh -huh. That's the one where he winked at you. 
but he, you had bubbles coming out of the corner of your mouth, and you were moaning. And you were going, Argh! Argh! My, and I knew. My first cognizant thought was, uh, or memory is saying, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, and that's you, what it'll do to you. That wasn't the Bria Improv night, was it? No, 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 no. no. I was smoking his weed. All right, no, okay. no, no. That was, that just, was, that I was a mistake. Everyone a this refund. was a smart move. <laughs> All right, that was okay. a mistake. The DMT was a smart move. We were doing the man show, and we came over to my place to try to write and try to storm ideas and come up with some new sketches and just and then deal with the hand that we had been dealt. Because Stanhope and I, we both, we, we had this, I don't want to name any names, but there's a bunch of people that sold us an idea that we could go in and do something chaotic. Executives. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to name we, we names. Don't have they, names. They don't Executive have names. Types. They're fucking people All they wanted no to do was remembers. get us attached. Mm. If we were attached, they knew they had some names, and they could take that, and they could resell it. And so mm -hmm. that's what they did. But then once we were working, once we were actually on the set, they had very different ideas as to what it would be versus what we had. Mm -hmm. And... Our ideas were based on the conversations that we had that made us agree to do it in the first place, whereas their ideas are based on the old shows. So there was a little manipulation, but that's just part of what the fuck happened. So we would go back to my, we went back to my place this one night, and uh, I don't remember whether we decided before we got It was we at the there, end where this yeah. was the, the end of this show and we had to write these monologue yeah. or whatever yeah. bullshit. And we were, we were already going through like such stupid shit like... We had this game show called, it was called Make Me Hard. That's what it was supposed to be called. Uh -huh. That's what Doug's original name for it was, because it was your idea. Make Me Laugh was a game show yeah. that was uh, where you get a contestant and there's three comedians. If you cannot laugh for however many minutes. Tell him this. I, gotta, I have to piss. Tell him uh, this. I was, uh, I was waiting for you to wrap up, because I have to piss. Keep going. Make, me, make me Laugh was a game show uh -huh. where... A contestant had to not laugh while three comedians fucked with them. Okay. So we were doing a spoof called Make Me Hard, where someone tried to not get a boner during three acts, and then we had a midget fellating a banana, and then we had a lap dancer, very hot, okay. uh, that pulls her dick out at the end. Oh, <laughs> oh I see. So, and then the guy's sitting there in what we called a weenie box... <laughs> That measured whether or not he was getting erect. Uh huh. That was controlled. Of course. <laughs> burp, burp, burp. That and, was the, uh, sorry. Forgive me. Is this the concept or what happened? That the concept happened, but at the last minute, the censor said, "You can't say make me hard. Go with make me stiff." What? But, yeah. It was like wait. You're what? gonna let a transvestite pull her cock out on stage. Yes. But you have to just make sure you're employable enough by I gotta make some change. Oh hard, that's too uh yeah. adult oriented, stiff. Well go you can do stiff. And at the last minute all the fucking props people had to go make a new sign. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, but we're doing that, a new show. They were crying. They were crying. Like, the, uh, no names, no names, no genders. Crying. But Joey Diaz was going to introduce uh, us, okay? Joey Diaz was going to come out. You tell this He's story be while naked. I piss. He has Timberlands on and uh -huh. a fucking baseball hat on. He's got a New York Mets baseball hat on <laughs> and fucking Timberlands. He comes out and he's like, 
Hey, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this party started. Welcome to the Man Show, motherfuckers. And they're going to beep this out. This is what they tell Doug and I. They say, we're going to let you swear. We'll beep it out. We'll show nudity. We'll blur it out. If you guys get sued, it'll be great for the show. You know, Doug and I got together. We got drunk and go, what, what do you want? Do you want to do this? They want to do this. You want to do this? He goes, let's fucking do this. Let's fucking do this. Let's do We're going to do this. We're going to make the crazy sh once we got in, it was a totally different story. Right. Once the paperwork had been signed, we were committed to this project. Then there was executives. The executives sort of um, had control over the executive producer, who had control over the writer. Everybody's keeping their job. There's a bunch of things that Doug and I just didn't anticipate. So we got to this position where we were doing something that wasn't what we set out to do and we didn't didn't feel good about it and then there was like a bunch of arguments and one of them was how the show would start i wanted every show to start with joey diaz naked running out into the audience and this woman was crying I, damn i said a gender let's this executive they don't zoe friedman oh! shut you son of a bitch oh damn you stanhope i love zoe uh, she was crying. Is this really what you think? Is this man, man show? show? Crying. <laughs> and I said, how about this? I go, we'll do it both ways. We'll do it the regular way first. And the second take, we'll do it with Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a fucking setup. I can't believe she agreed to that. That's so dumb. Because the second take is always boring. Because everybody's seen the first take. Like, it's a setup. But she didn't see it coming. Uh, she was playing checkers. The whole fucking thing was a setup. We're doing it better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Joey comes out, of course, roars. Everyone stands up. Let's get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the motherfucking man show. Doug Stanhope and Joe Brogan. Everybody's standing up. They're like, this is the greatest opening for a show ever. Uh, so I look at them and I go, told you. I know it's funny. Yeah. It might not be funny to you, but you don't have a dick. All right? You're not a man. Like, this whole idea of this uh, is supposed to be a man show. The picture you already showed craziness. earlier. A big, fat fucking guy Cuban running dick. through. Giant balls like grapefruit in an old lady's pantyhose. They were ridiculous. His balls are comical in their own. <laughs> look at him. He does not look real. You'd have to sell me on Joey's <laughs> there balls. There he is. That's Joey Diaz. He's one of the greatest human beings ever walked the face Is of the planet. Is that Ari in the background? Yes, fuck yes. yeah. That's Houston, Texas. That's back. Uh, that place doesn't exist anymore. That place, I had a dude pounded on my door asking me for someone named Ed. Where's Ed, <laughs> man? He was looking for crack. It was like a crack house. Where's Ed? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Nope. Uh, I'm going to take that back. That's actually Austin, Texas. That's not Houston. That's Austin, Texas. I oh. knew it was Texas. Now I'm regrouping. That's in. That's the place that's down the street from um, Cap City Comedy Club. Uh -huh. He's the best. That's from a blog that I wrote called Happy Pills. Because you still I wrote a blog? Not not much anymore. I keep it myself. I write them, but they become material. What I found oh. was. That I was writing blogs, and then I was taking some of the ideas out of those blogs, That's what you and they, I was turning them into bits. But the problem was, <clears throat> people would be upset. They'd go, well, then there's this fucking, I saw that, it was in your blog. And I would go, okay, well, I have to make a decision here. And either I keep doing the blogs, and the bits are in the blogs, and people don't mind, or yeah. people get annoying, and they start complaining that the genesis of the bits occurred it's in the two blogs. guys. It was two it guys that said that, and it gets in your fucking yeah. head. They like, don't know any everyone better. Everyone thinks this. 
but you know better if you think it through. But yeah. initially, two guys, I won't do two shows in a night because I'm afraid someone will stick around for the second show and go, well, this is a magic act. This and they is will. bullshit. Yeah, I know. They will. They and will. that's why I don't do two shows a night. Well, you know, I mean, you could look at it that way, you know. Um, I, I've heard it said, go take a piss. Uh, Did you piss already? No, right? no, I'm you just standing up. I've heard it said that maybe it's not bad if someone goes to the first show and the second show. A few people in the audience actually makes you think, because those people are there, you're aware of them, you have to do it fresh. You have to figure out a way to put a new spin on it. You have to figure out a way to present it in a way that maybe will be exciting for you, and that way will be exciting for them as well. So in a way where instead of just pressing play, you say, even though this is something that I've said multiple times over the course of the last you know X amount of months that I've been working on it, I'm going to say it in a new and inspired way because I know these two people from the first show are going to be here at the second show. Okay. He won't tell me if there's people that have stayed tell him. over. Tell him. It, no, because he gets all fucking. Throw the party. No, no, I get. He gets, gets all fucked in my up. head. I'll try to do completely different material that's not even material. I gotta care for that. Just because of two fucking people. I go. I mean, I've. I've. I, shows I've that offered I, people yeah. their money back. Going, hey, I saw you in Manchester. I'm gonna come see you in Leeds tomorrow. I go. I'll give you your money back right now. <clears> Don't do that to me. I told this dude in Manchester, if you're gonna come, he said, lad, I'm coming to two shows. I go, you got to get really fucked up the first show. The second show is novel. <laughs> you can't come to... Great thing about my audience is most of them are drunks and they don't remember. I get emails all the time. Hey, I hope that thing, uh, that special is coming out because I don't remember. I was there, but I don't remember a thing from it. <laughs> well, I think that potheads and alcoholics share that, mm -hmm. the lack of memory. And it's, this, is, this, like, this is what's beautiful about alcohol as well as beautiful about pot is this desire to somehow or another embrace this moment. And, and with pot, it's always the fear of getting carried away by the newfound ideas of like what reality really is. Whereas with alcohol, it's the, the ignorance of those ideas. The point like, who fucking cares? Who cares? Are we doing shots? Who's going to Mexico? <laughs> that's where, you know, that's where it comes in with alcohol. Whereas with weed, you know, you're like, I know how to get to the roof. Let's go to the roof. And you get oh, on the roof, funny. man. It's just like, it's so weird to think that there's just a few hundred miles of this, like, fucking gas and, like, what is it, magnets or something? Like, what's the magnetosphere? I don't know, man. Let me get my phone. And you're fucking trying to figure out why the Earth, it doesn't just absorb radiation from the sun. Somehow or another, it's been designed. Mm -hmm. So there's like this seal, this like circular shit that you don't understand. The magnetosphere and the ionosphere, and it's all fucking filtering gamma radiation. That becomes your freak out mm -hmm. instead of the, the alcoholic freak out, which is just a. I'm pursuit. drinking some of your jack and then I gotta get the fuck out of here. Where are you going? I, I don't know where, where, where. You're not going anywhere. Where the fuck are you going? I got drunk nothing. Uber? I, yeah. Yeah, drunk Uber. I think. <laughs> Oh. You ever was, get an Uber and do you put know your what fucking an headphones ADR on? is? That's where I'm going. I don't know what it oh, means. Oh, that means uh, you're going to do some Hollywood type shit with sound. What did you? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, I've been to ADR multiple times. What does it mean? What's but during it? the Fear Factor days, it was one of the worst parts about the job. 
Here's a fucking cold, hard, ugly fact about Fear Factor. Mm -hmm. If you watch it on TV, especially on the Chiller Network, where it still plays like 12 hours a day, if you, it does, no it's idea. on all day long. Not that it's a bad thing, it's a good thing. But if you watch it, a lot of the times when I'm talking, I'm not really there. I'm talking in a sound booth somewhere oh. where I had to watch <coughs> the replay and like maybe some shit like didn't come across right because the sound was all fucked up or sound cut out or something like that. If you ever watch <clears throat> Bar Rescue or any mm. dumb shit reality show you're into, if they're not showing John Taffer saying, well, get the hell out of my bar. They're showing the back of his head. He never said that. He said yeah. it after the fact. Is that what ADR is? Exactly. I don't know what. Exactly. I just want to know what it stands exactly. for. Like, so if you're, especially on a reality Additional show. Additional dialogue well, recording. Jamie's oh, yeah. actually an audio engineer. Yeah, it's automated dialogue. Oh, there you go. There you go, bitch. Brian, guess close to I was wrong. Shut up! <laughs> Why is this guy always interrupting? Why is Where's he like it? Red Band always interrupting? Where the fuck this guy get a mellow yellow t-shirt? How dare you? I, I, I bought it online. I don't even know what it was when I bought it. Really? I just thought it was a nice phrase. <laughs> well, it was a song and it was a drink. Well, I remember the Donovan Quite song. I remember the Donovan yeah. song, but I didn't, know it was, I didn't know it was a drink. Yeah, it was a drink. Like a, like a really shitty Mountain Dew. Like a Mountain Dew for people who couldn't find Mountain that Dew. You're, that, that's taking, that's like saying a lot of shitty Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm shit-faced. Uh -huh. Yeah, we're hammered. Um, Are you too? Yeah, not, definitely Is that not. your ride, I hope? Yeah, I'm going to get one of those. I'm going to call one. Woo. Call me Mellow Yellow. Yeah, Quite that right, was the buddy. song that... Uh, uh, Bob Dylan beat him down with. Do remember, Bob Dylan did some. He, there's a there's, there's um, a film of him like parodying uh, Donovan on stage oh, in London. It's and, inevitable. And saying, even there's cuntiness even amongst amazing musicians. Yeah, that's a good song. That mellow yellow I know. song. How he's, dare you, Bob Dylan? Yeah, but fuck yet, you, Bob Dylan. But he's, yet, Bob he's going Dylan, nowhere. He wrote all along the Watchtower. He did. God damn, that was good. He That's did. one of the few songs where I appreciate it equally, whether it's Dylan or Hendrix. Mm -hmm. You know, either one of them. It's good. They got their own weird little little bend on it, you know? You don't even give a fuck about music, do you? You no, locked down at tight. All. You lock, Look, if you talk about football, that's the same way I feel. I, I, I don't even give a shit about football. Worst Super Bowl fucking <gasps> what? ever. You have said some outrageous things during this podcast, Doug Stanhope. This well, is not this Super Bowl. Like, fucking Denver against Carolina, it stinks. Why? <clears throat> Why does it stink? No one cares about those teams. Everyone Denver cares about worst Peyton Manning. And no one Peyton cares Manning about is Carolina. A I like Peyton Manning. He, he does funny commercials. Wait a minute, you've, you've got the two most He's funny. I almost went down. Peyton Manning can actually do funny, and that's what I love about him. Well, him and Tom Brady seem to be designed to make the perfect person. If they could just get together Tom and fuck Brady the same girl. Tom Brady can't do funny. And there's two sperm lassoed together, like one of those high school ropes we have to climb in the gym. If the two sperm intersect the egg at the exact same time and create a super person. Anytime an athlete can actually pull off even a little bit of funny where you didn't expect it, mm. it's hilarious. George Foreman was hilarious when he was making his comeback. I they say, I won't fight a man unless he's in bed on a respirator. <laughs> 
I make sure they're off their respirator ah. for at least eight days before I'll fight them. That's a quote that from George said? Foreman. He was hilarious during his comeback. He was. So when comedy is unexpected, it's the best. Yeah. Well, George Foreman. You ever been at a bar where you're saying some funny shit and they go, what do you do for a living after everyone at an unknown bar likes you? And then you go, I'm a stand-up comedian. And they go, oh. <laughs> now they're judging everything you say. If you, you've, you've had that before? Yeah. I drink at a lot of unknown bars. And you just start like, well, here's one of, my, riffing here's one of my favorite bar. Doug stories. One of my favorite Doug stories is we went <laughs> to the fucking boxing match in Vegas, mm -hmm. and you were, uh, oh. you were heckling, and hold him down and fuck his face! It'll destroy his confidence! This is the prelims. This is the prelims of this boxing match. Listening audience, you have to understand when you go to whatever is boxing or UFC, the undercard, no one's there. They're all out getting drinks and waiting for the thing that they don't understand to happen that's at the end. So it's dead silent bingo hall church silence. Yeah. So you can heckle. At, from the back row, but Joe Rogan got a second row. So it's absolutely quiet, and we're in there heckling. Let me take try it from here. Try fucking him in the ass. No, no, no. Let oh, me take it from here, try, because I wasn't heckling at all. Because Douglas oh. doesn't do marijuana. Joseph does marijuana. Douglas does alcohol. Joseph does marijuana, and Joseph's mm -hmm. freaking out because Douglas is heckling and the I'm boxing on your ticket. And I'm fucking laughing. You're the one who brought me in, so I'm kind of your responsibility. Yeah. Try making him come. That always knocks me out like a light. Wait till two seconds to go and say, you just got punked. <laughs> I don't remember that one. That was what but I we, remember. We, there was like five fights in a row with no one in the arena. The oh. boxers could hear you. Oh. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Let me, let me, he's being too, too humble here. He, got, he started getting laughs. And that became a problem. <laughs> it became a problem it's because a problem. There, was, there was one of them. I, I, don't, I think it was holding down and fuck his face. That was the one that broke the waterfall. Hold him down and fuck his ass. It'll break his confidence. Let me, let me tell you that. something about how Doug Stanhope will heckle a boxing match. Oh. When he, he starts the right way. He doesn't just dive right into the holding down and fuck his face. He 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 starts with some like light jabs. Yeah, yeah. And then he builds up, and then it gets more and more bizarre. And then it got to the holding down and fuck his face. But when he said holding down and fuck his face, I remember just hearing people go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh shit! Well, Don King showed up at some point. <laughs> Don King showed up. I don't up. remember the Don King heckle, but Don King showed up while you can still hear my heckles. Oh. And uh, uh, what was his, the name of his movie? Whatever. Only in America. Yeah, only in America only in can America. you. Can you? I yelled something. Only in America yeah. can you fuck over someone. I don't. You had so many but good was, lines. But he was there and could hear every yeah. word I said. But you started getting laughs, and that's what had happened. You started getting like big laughs, and then it became like kind of a weird stand-up show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so ridiculous. Oh, so much fun. He's one of the weirdest Virgil guys. Virgil Hill, he was fighting that night, and uh, uh, Pepper, uh, Freddie Roach was his trainer. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Virgil Freddy, Hill? Freddie Roach was in the telemarketing business with me before he ever got into Parkinson's. <laughs> oh, man. Or boxing, whatever. You... 
it started out with boxing and then showed its true form Ooh. when it became <sighs> Parkinson's. Him and his brother Pepper, were, yeah, both they're both punchy as fuck, but I did telemarketing with him in the 80s in mm. Vegas. He's a nice guy, man. I did an interview with him a long time ago for the UFC. Like it's probably like four or five years ago, and he's such a nice guy. Freddie Roach is so he's, you know, he might be hindered by this uh, Parkinson's disease, which he's pretty, pretty honest about that it's trauma related. But he's pretty sharp underneath there, man. He's not stupid. Yeah, Parkinson's you know? is one of those things. I, I used to use that as an example of being drunk. Yeah. My motor uh, skills are slow, and I'm slurring, and I'm stuttering. My brain's working. Yeah. And that's what, you know, CP or fucking whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris Crazy Legs Fonseca, the Denver comic. He's got whatever it is, cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's also a wicked alcoholic. That doesn't but, help. But just because I'm talking like this doesn't mean I'm retarded. And right. that's what being a drunk is like. Yeah, my mind is functioning well, but the more I drink your Jack Daniels, the more my mouth goes like this. Yeah. Man, that's but you also of, make bad choices. <laughs> there's bad choices. Cerebral palsy doesn't call hookers in the middle of the night going, eh, I yeah, won't but care in the morning. Could you be expected to not call hookers in the middle of the night if you have cerebral palsy? Like, at that point, all bets are off, right? No, You're I'm just saying cerebral calls. palsy doesn't regret having cerebral palsy in the morning. <laughs> right. Oh, I get it. I see what you're saying. I, yeah, yeah. I was just drunk when I... Paid yeah. you five hundred dollars to not fuck me. There's a long story <laughs> behind this that I can't tell on the air. <laughs> yeah. Please hold. So, 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 uh, last night was a bad night, but yeah, we'll save. Riders on the storm. Funny, funny. Old Robbie Riders Krieger there. On the storm. I don't know who's there. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I enjoy about you, Doug Stanhope, is that you you, you still seems to be, at least to me. Uh, when I listen to your podcast, especially, you're still trying to have fun. You're still, no matter what weirdness comes your way, you try, like, like breakup, fucking chaos, road travel. You're, you're still trying to have fun. Keyword, trying. Yeah. You shouldn't have to try to have fun. The same as a relationship. You shouldn't have to try in a relationship. People say, a relationship is a, it's really hard. You have to really try. Well, then no. Do we try at our relationship? We've been friends for fucking 15, 20 years. I try Do we to have see to you try? as much as possible. Exactly. That's, that's the try. Do you, yeah. you know, I'm going to have to, like, <laughs> let's go to counseling to be friends. <sighs> no, you don't. If, if it's I a know, good relationship, you don't have to try. When I hear people doing the counseling thing, I'm like, oh, man. Fuck. That's awful. Well, you know, as long as you don't have to keep doing it. Like, the, one of the problems with counseling is a lot of people that need You've done counseling. It? No. Oh, okay. No. But I you have on my own like had. being like uh, going into isolation tanks. That's my own form <laughs> of counseling. Pot cookies or any sort of pot edible in an isolation tank is so much more intensely introspective than uh, any, any, any other person that you don't really know. Like, you know you, you know? You know you. So if you, if you do, like, some real heavy dose of edible marijuana in an isolation tank, 
you get to look at yourself in like a really weirdly introspective way, you know? You know, I think that's one of the things that's so fun about alcohol is it frees you from a lot of the nonsense that's involved in introspective thought with a finite <laughs> lifespan. You know, because like, like well, how much are you going to figure out, morning. bitch? Yeah. How much are you going to figure out? You're going to die no matter what. Like, that's the, the freedom of uh, that alcohol sort of uh, throws your way is the freedom of realization. As sometimes moments are critically important. They are sometimes more important than the future. The same way you must enjoy the uh, the theater of like smoking pot. You, the, the the way you chop up lines. You don't do coke. <laughs> the ceremony. But, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Chopping up lines and then finding a straw and doing that. I love that with alcohol. Like I, I, I carry my own cocktail straws because I like a short glass with a small cocktail straw. I like the ceremony of mm. it. Uh, yeah, there's something to that. And then I get drunk and go, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna drink off a." <laughs> we know my thoughts are on Rogan's that. bottle. Of it. <laughs> drink it. Uh, drink like it. the ceremony. I, I have thoughts but, on that. You know, do you know? You ever go to the place where you grew up and you visit? And you, you have, uh, like, this weird feeling. Like, uh, I, I haven't been to the place where I lived when I was in high school until I was, like, 44 or 45 or something like that. I went back. And when I went back for the first time in all those years, it was really bizarre. I was like, there's, like, an attachment of ideas that I have to this place, you know? And I think that kind of carries on to, to, to. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I, I having to write that book, memories I have not shut out. I just yeah. they don't matter. But I had to go back to write that book, and I I just remembering these things that happened. I'm like, oh, that's that feeling. Yeah, uh, just uh, when I had to yeah. when I was doing that dumb run for president and uh -huh. had to go back to a fucking high school to talk to people about it. It was a short-lived funny idea mm. that wasn't funny at all, but walking into a high school, all that fear was absolutely relevant in 2007, like I was 1979. Right. Like, I'm terrified of being in a high school. Someone's gonna beat me up, someone's gonna pick on me, was just right there at the surface. So, yeah. There's definitely a correlation. I remember when you were doing that run for president thing and you realized like early on there's no way you could do stand up. Yeah. That because was any money thing? I made from stand up would be uh, donations to the and then you have to I can't do taxes. When I do my taxes, I just overpay on their behalf cuz I suck at math so bad. That if you ever audited me, you'd owe me money. <laughs> Does that make sense, though? I mean, why would it... I stink wh at it. But wh why, would it, why would they be so terrified of people speaking publicly? Well... Because that's what it is. Like, they're, they're, what it is about your shows. Like, if you, if you were a dentist and you were running for president, I would assume that you would still be able to work on people's teeth. Yes. Right? But as a public performer... If you are going to be some sort of a political figure, like you're going to have a voice on a soapbox in front of all these people with a microphone, you can't 
do anything else on a microphone because it's kind of the same thing. In their eyes, there's something that's really similar between someone doing a polit politician act and someone doing a stand-up act. They're almost interchangeable. They're, they're essentially admitting that it's show business. There's mm -hmm. no two-drink minimum at a fucking Donald Trump event. It should be. <laughs> should be. It'd be fucking awesome. Can you imagine? I love the so, Trump. Just wait. It's Trump the countdown until is... someone screams nigger. <laughs> can, we just, can we all just be sitting in the audience, feeding them drinks, just waiting, just waiting for someone to fucking pop the N-word fuse. Just get them drunk enough. Get a fucking uh, giant room full of Trump supporters drunk enough. But people, listen, man. People say that, oh, as a comic, wouldn't it be great if Trump got elected because you'd have so much material? Well, no, I'd have so much entertainment. But there's you wouldn't that. need material. You know comics who just find a news of the weird article and just repeat it on stage? But no, the joke was already written in the news of the weird article. You need punchlines. Trump would be hilarious to me. I wouldn't use it as material because it's inherently funny like a News of the Weird article. It does is, that make sense? Yes, it, it does. It is kind of, right? But how, how much weirder is he than Mitt Romney? Because if I have to choose between a guy who's, you know, just a part of some weird fucking ideology. Yeah. yeah, weird ideology. Or a guy who's just a super ambitious reality star who's also a billionaire real estate developer i'm going with that guy even if he he's says an entertainer yeah he's, he's an doing this for entertainment yes. for himself yes but he's maybe a megalomaniac not just, but maybe not just he doesn't give a fuck about you or the country but maybe he's a little, entertaining maybe a little maybe a little remember when barack first get elected and you thought oh maybe it was over things will really change and within minutes you go nah nah Dude, it was a. Yeah, was, black people and white people are the same. It's just the uh, amount of money they have. Well, it was a it was a moment where I think I've kind of like for the first time in my life understood that to be someone that gets into a position like being the president or something like that, the idea that that one person makes all the calls for all the decisions that get made about all the functions of our government and education system and. And then, and then, and uh, you know, first responders and cops and firefighters. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way you can pin it on one guy. You just can't do it. No, it's nuts. It's an American. Yeah. It's an American. Name Ameri one president yeah. that has affected your life. That your life wouldn't have gone that way, regardless. Ronald Reagan. Him and what his happened? Wife. What they, happened to you that Ronald no. Reagan fucked up everything for your life specifically? Just say no. They're people. <laughs> they said just say no. Kim Jong Il. Listen, I'm a fan of Narcos. It's on Netflix. I, I haven't <clears> watched it yet. Get on it immediately. Spoiler you know why alert. I haven't watched it yet? Because I think that I have things I have to do, <laughs> and I don't. So I, <clears> I'm putting off Narcos until I have some time off from the life I have that's sedentary anyway, but I have a list. What is it, creating a murder? I told you murderer? I'm too drunk to be on this podcast. Making, Making a murder. Make a, have you gone there yet? Oh, If he. you have not watched The Staircase, <laughs> watch that and then watch Making a Murderer. Because Making a Murderer will make you very upset for about 24 hours, and then you, in hindsight, go, yeah, he probably did it. Watch The Staircase, which is like 15 years old, where they give full access to the prosecution as well 
making a murderer is completely biased. They're right. trying to make you think that guy's innocent. Then you find out behind the scenes, oh, that girl from the auto trader, he had called several times, answered the door in a bathrobe once. Like he was trying to get, she asked to not have to go there, the guy he right, murdered. Right, Actually, he did murder. Sue me. You think so? The staircase, Absolutely. by the way, is available on Netflix, but only on disc. You have to order have, it. This Get is a this big, staircase. giant spoiler alert. This Didn't uh, Whitney Cummings say to uh, watch that? Was her recommended yeah, yeah, yeah. staircase? Oh, I, you know what? I would. F- Bunch of people I on Twitter after that Whitney, show too. I would fuck Whitney Cummings if I could just change her act. You heard it here first. Her sister is my yoga teacher, and she's very nice. Let's not get fucking five degrees of Kevin Bacon up in this bitch. Jesus Christ. Whitney, that was just a callback to an earlier joke, and it's not at your expense. Riders on the storm. Get me out of here. I'm fucking drunk. I got to go home. I I, I booked a ticket. I got to leave tomorrow. What's happening? Are you okay? A.M.? No, I fucking <gasps> left. I came here. A.M.? I, I didn't say which nine, but I have to leave at nine. <laughs> well, it can't be P.M. That's a long time from now. I'm, I have no sympathy if it's P.M. I'm drunk as shit. I have, I have we're nothing. We're still okay. We're good. We're, we've, we're all right. Hannigan, you're in charge of this fucking uh-huh. ship, right? I had a question for you, you, you Joe. You have a fucking He has notebook. a question for you, yeah. Joe. You use two phrases. Are, are they your phrases, or do they come from somewhere? Obs- which one? Obsessive struggle... And mental mortgage. Um, I th- I don't I don't think I can claim either one of them. But obsessive struggle. I think I and inv- the first time I said it, I think was just then. I don't believe I've said that before. Okay. But the idea is like been Amy Schumer says it. Someone had a throw. Should we, we, we should. Someone had a swing at we a. We should t-ball. be careful about um, how we uh, express our opinion about this Amy Schumer thing without being completely serious. Okay. No, yeah, it's another podcast. I'm too yeah. drunk to defend yeah. my. Uh, I don't want to jeopardize Doug's career. <laughs> no, I, like the, the only like it's you. All, you live here. Yeah. I don't live around comedy. You have more knowledge. I would defend Amy Schumer, but with blanks because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I, think, I do know when I think you. The, the, what's been proven is that the the real egregious ones that people believe are an issue were written by other people. Written by uh, writers. That's uh, that's why yeah. I was going to use yeah. Amy Schumer, who I know nothing about other than I laughed at her special. You can't, it's, but there were times where Bill Maher did shit where you go, yeah. that's fucking mine. Because mm-hmm. I'm a... Yeah. I don't think it's I'm not a pedestrian fault, fucking comic, and right. I would blame the writers. Yes. But I don't care, because I can write other shit. Well, there was a time where they kicked writers out of the back of the comedy store because uh, they were writing for a sketch show. And they were going on stage, these comics going on stage and coming up with these funny premises that that would wind up on these television sketch shows. It would wind up being acted out in a sketch. And the people that were the writers of this sketch show would go to the comedy store and sit in the back room. And they got kicked out. Wow. Yeah, and they got kicked out because they were... You know, this was like in the 90s-ish. You could get away with doing that kind of shit, you know? Well, it's not... It's like to to put it all on her shoulders is where it gets weird. It's like, who the fuck knows who's writing those sketches, you know? Who knows who's writing those things? The point is, if she's already said it, 
then it should be done. If she said it publicly, if you're in the back of the comedy store when someone's working out some shit, I've had uh, several people do shit that I already put out on DVD. Right. One of them became famous because of one of uh, Kevin Booth's yeah. <laughs> word of mouth bit. And he's admitted to me that he stole that bit. And that's what made him. But I, I stopped doing that because I put it on a DVD. Yeah. And he's a nice guy. He's got some problems. Yeah. But I don't give a fuck. I got real problems in life. <laughs> It's 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 just become it's it's like it's not like saying like this someone comes up with somebody else's idea they can never come up with their own because you still can but <clears throat> you're way better off just trying to come up with all your own ideas. If you came out with a story about uh, euthanizing your own mother or attending that euthanization, like your bit. I already put it out. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Well, it would, the only way someone would ever be able to get away with it is if it was their experience and they acknowledged that they had heard of your experience as well. Mm. Like if then someone, you could kind if of do someone it. If someone became like, famous because yes. of that, and, yeah, you but if it, it, and you're going, uh, but if some open micer tried to do it, who you're right. going to be fucking called out eventually? Fuck you! I don't care. Right. I'm, I'm uh, my life moves on. I have real problems in my life. But let me ask you this, because that's an intensely personal thing. If uh, an open micer say really did have an experience where his mother wanted him to help her commit suicide, and he went through with it, and she died, and he decided to do a bit about it, but acknowledging that um he had seen your bit as well like not not going down if the he same, went through with it yeah, he, he would not have to life. acknowledge me at all well i think he should if someone think, stole that blatantly but, from me that's a different story but and to i still would eliminate doubt because i have real problems but to eliminate doubt like if a guy only has on stage an hour right you like there's you don't want anybody in a, a state of confusion going Doug Stanhope does a joke about, you know, putting his mother to death. You have to address that because that's a big joke that you have. Like, it's like it's, it's, it's a really, like, well-respected and enjoyed joke. So if someone was a Doug Stanhope fan and they came to see this new dude and this new dude really did have to help his mom kill herself, right? And, and he said, well, I just have to say before I talk this or I talk about this, like – one of my favorite comedians, Doug Stanhope, or a guy I think is fairly mediocre but extremely exciting. Like, whatever description he has for you. He he should have to admit, I'm a Doug Stanhope fan. I've listened to his comedy. I think he's great. And I, I, I couldn't believe that this was happening to me as well. Uh-huh. Like, then he's talking about his own life experience. Yeah. Like, you can't eliminate a person's life experience from their Absolutely. repertoire, right? Yeah. But I think... You, like to to make it easier for everybody listening, they should probably acknowledge. Like if so, if someone did have to help their mom commit suicide, they should have to say, in some sort of a way. If it, they shouldn't have to, but it would be smart to say. I've done that where I go, is, uh, yeah, like so and so said. Yeah. But this happened to me. Yeah. I'm no one's. Go ahead. A question would be, <laughs> a question would be like, but going back to something Joe said earlier, which was. What if that person is Chris Rock, who's like so much bigger and nobody knows who the fuck you are? Well, then you ask Joe Rogan to step in and go, I'm sorry, Carlos, but Ari already did that. (laughs) 
I and then you crush. There's not a whole lot of guys that Carlos, get to that spot. Where his like, uh, career, and I don't know if it's because you deflated his ego so much, or, or his confidence, or the people spoke out. But after that incident, he disappeared. He went down to my level, where if we're doing a Wednesday at the Cleveland Improv, one show only, he's doing a Thursday, or vice versa. But honestly, that is not a bad thing. No. Like, what his it's life not. is is really good. If he's headlining yeah. in these really nice clubs all over the country, he's not, like, in a bad place. You know, what happened there was, all judgment aside, what, uh, there was, like, a blip in the Matrix. There was a problem with the, the, the operating system. There was a real issue with how things were going. And guys like all of us anybody that was watching it was going well people are being they're being fucking victimized here like we had a real problem here like someone's taking it wasn't even taken from me he wasn't taken from you but it was some weird parasitic situation that had been accepted into the community because of sort of i don't like the term reverse racism but there's some some weird thing about choosing to like pretend that some guy's Mexican just because you think there's a market for Mexicans and this guy goes in there and starts stealing people's bits and everybody accepts everything and then the, the artists are sit ba sitting back on what the fuck are you doing? Like you guys have found some weird yeah. vein some weird river of revenue and this and attention and in this river of revenue and attention you have to have a specific sort of stereotypical ethnicity. Uh -huh. like, uh, so let's change your but name. That, you know but that's exactly where you should not give a fuck because those are not the people you want to talk to. The the whole idea that, well, oh, he only likes them. I, that's why I always hate the audience instead of the artist. <laughs> if you can fucking, if you, if you can be a televangelist and make a lot of people clap. And, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hate you, but I, I can't hate you too much because you've got, just like we have, we have a cult. You have a cult, I have a cult, our cults <laughs> commingle, but we're fucking leaders of a cult. How, so, how dare you, Doug Stanhope, reveal the game? <laughs> you have fucking t shirts for your cult. <laughs> well, they're just cool t shirts. How dare you? I'm gonna, <laughs> they're uh, great. This is Caveman Coffee. This is Tate Fletcher's shirt. Point is, people want to be led. And, um, and you well, get upset when they're led poorly by some. He's not even Mexican. Well, they don't give a fuck. Well, that's not the issue. It's the, the audience the is, is always people, the problem. No, people didn't feel like they could go on stage in front of him that's, if they weren't famous because he would do their stuff on Comedy Central. Right. And their stuff would no longer be their stuff. Because if a guy's, you know, Lupe Fiasco and he's going up fucking Thursday night at the comedy store. I've been out of the bit. loop for a while, but okay. there's a million channels between the internet and TV and everything. Everything so I could actually steal people's material and they would never know because th th it's such a broad spectrum. Not everyone, there's not four channels like when we were kids. And oh, he said that on Johnny Carson last night. You could steal material. Uh, fucking Fitzsimmons, right? Fitzsimmons had a bit on one of his CDs. That was one of my bits. I know he didn't steal it. And then I had one, a bit, and I called him up. And I go, uh, 
You know what? You had, you had one of my bits, and I'm I got one doing of more of your bits. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Well, Fitzsimmons, like, he's a guy, like, if somehow or another you guys tread on the same territory, like, it's not by accident. I mean, it's not on purpose. It's definitely yeah. by accident. It's definitely a case of parallel thinking. But you would always know that if you know Fitzsimmons, like, if you but hang I out with him. But I felt them. very comfortable in doing that bit even after I heard Fitzsimmons do it on a CD. <laughs> Because I know he knows I didn't right, steal right. it. So I, of course, yeah. Yeah, I thought of this. I yeah. know you. Comedy is used to be a very small community. Yeah. Maybe it's bigger when you live in L.A. Well, he, it is with a, guy, with a guy like Fitzsimmons. You know, with Fitzsimmons, it's a real small community because he'll, he'll be 100% <coughs> real with you. You yeah. know, if you've talked to him I about... fucking yeah, Fitzsimmons didn't... Yeah, he's not... There's, there's like... He doesn't... Ha like, he's not... It's not possible for him to be a thief. It'd be like breathing underwater. Like, he's never going to be a thief. Bill Burr, I was... Uh, 100%. Same thing. One of the things we filmed for the BBC, I'm like, I have this... It's just a riffing, topical thing. And I called him up. I go, did you do that? I, I swear I heard this on your podcast. And he goes, I don't remember saying that. I go, are you sure? Because I'm about to do this thing for the BBC, riffing on concussions or something. Right. And I still swear he did it. But he doesn't know. He goes, no, I don't remember saying that. Go ahead, do it. But thanks. Good heads up. So do you think you heard it from him? Or do you think you I also think, thought of it? No, I think I heard it from him. Mm. And I checked with him. And he <laughs> swears he never said it. So well, maybe he's he just... remember? No one talks more than him, if you think about it. Because he's the only one talking on most of his podcasts. I know. you don't. F I don't remember the my podcast after Either he I, brings his wife in <laughs> and they have a little chit-chat. Or it's, it's him not, by himself. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> did I ruin it with my Bill Burr impression? <laughs> I thought I did a great Bill Burr, and somebody goes, "Stop doing that." One person tweeted, "Stop thinking you sound like Bill Burr." <laughs> One person, and I got my head ruins you the whole party. Cocksuckers, fuck them. Burr's the most you fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> Burr's the most amazing podcast to me because it's just Burr. Yeah, it's just him. And he will go like if you have you done a podcast with him before? Yeah, one time and it you was just yeah, wind it was a him terrible up. morning. We just got to wind him up. Burr is like one of those guys. He'll like change subjects like in the middle of talking. He'll turn another corner and take you down a road, another rant, and turn another corner, take you down another rant. And you just got to like he enjoy the ride. He treated me like uh, with such kit gloves. I was so fucked up wearing a leisure <laughs> suit. You insisted <laughs> on me driving with a top down. I, I'd just done four hours of blow with a fucking musical artist named Marilyn. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you kiss Sweating and tell? Sweating fucking just olive oil and... Uh, yeah. Uh, what am I, it was a good Hollywood moment. Yeah. Burr's one of the guys uh, that I, I, I most look forward to watching right now. Like if I was a, a stand-up comedy fan, mm -hmm. if I'd never done stand-up before and I was like, what do I like? I, w I would go see Burr every chance I could. Burr and Joey Diaz. If you could just give me Burr and Joey Diaz at the same comedy club <coughs> every weekend, <laughs> you could live in Bisbee, Arizona. Just have Burr and Joey Diaz every weekend. I would take Joey over Burr only because I, I like to see the chance of a flame out. <laughs> it's the difference between 
IndyCar driving and going to Tonopah Speedway where everyone has a fucking Vega with a, a Cessna engine jacked up into it and they hope it'll work. Did you ever see that video of that guy? Was Is this Tony Stewart, the guy that killed that guy on the racetrack? Yeah. Some guy got out of his car. Yeah. Tony Stewart hit him with his car. It's so crazy to watch. But um, I remember thinking, like, that guy in NASCAR, like, that's NASCAR, that yeah. Tony Stewart guy, that guy drives on the dirt, too? Like, he drives on the dirt in, like, a dune buggy. And the people he drives with, they get mad, they get out of their fucking car, and you run them over? Like, what? What? They get out of their fucking car. Could you imagine if someone in NASCAR got out of their fucking car? How, how fast are those guys going? I have no idea. 200? 200 miles Something an hour? Something like that, yeah. Oh, but that's no kind of idea. the same thing, right? Yeah, kind of the same thing. But it's the idea that you'd get out and stand in the way of a car. That oh was bizarre. The God. guy got out and stood there. I think because the Tony Stewart guy's car hit his uh, car, and so he got out. Oh Jesus, Jamie, why'd you make us watch that? Dude got tumbled under that car. Oh, oh God, that's so a awful. Donor for the end. Dead. That's so is awful. That, well, he was dead. dead. Oh yeah, he's dead. Yeah, that guy's dead. Sorry. Nah. And his whole family was upset, and they blamed really? it on. They his blamed family it on the driver. was upset because he was killed. They blamed it, blamed it on the driver. Uh, I don't know enough about driving. You know, I don't know enough about driving to uh, determine whether or not he did I something wrong. I know enough wrong. tonight. I can drive. I'm fine. Yeehaw! I know enough Fuck about it. lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> right, but how does one make the distinction whether or not he's at fault? That's a that's a tricky distinction, right? I mean, that guy just standing out there in the I middle know. of the track. That's insane. Exactly. I was watching I don't under football yesterday. Where we're watching fucking helmet to helmet contact. That's oh. that's assault and battery, like intent <sighs> to fuck. That's attempted murder, basically. You're maiming people in a way. I mean, you're smashing people. If you're, I if, if I head butted some dude yeah. at a bar, could uh, could I get a 15 yard penalty? <laughs> and that's it. But here's the question: Can you totally 100 percent be responsible for head on head collisions? If you didn't intend them to be a head-on-head -head collision and you're running full clip towards some guy who's trying to not have you tackle him. Like some crazy shit happens, right? Like you have to take that into but consideration. But if it is intentional, would it, would it not completely go to the criminal element where you go, all yes. right. If it was against the law, if it was against the rules. That and it happened was not, one in, it was once assault. in hockey. Uh, Brashear, I think, where he got fucking whacked See, with a stick, and he, the yeah. guy did time. Horrific. That was horrific. See, hockey's a problem. And <laughs> here's one of the problems with hockey. It's, uh, it's awesome. That's one problem. And one of the reasons why it's awesome is they let them fight. Oh, like, no, it's awesome because of HD. Now when you have 60 inches oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah, high yeah. definition, you now can you can puck. watch this fucking sport, and yeah. you love it. Well, I love hockey, too, for the same reason I love music, because I have zero fucking talent. I can't even skate. If I got on skates, I'll fall flat on my ass. I'm just retarded. We, we, we did play basketball at uh, a whorehouse <laughs> once. And, yeah. Riders go, on the storm. <laughs> my basketball's Joe, not good. Yeah, yeah. My, Joe uh, Rogan. Uh, ice skating's worse. Joe Rogan is as talented as me at <laughs> shooting horse. I I um I know a hey, few let me, things. Can I drop Dennis Hoff's name because he doesn't get enough publicity on his own? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, before we get out of here, Doug Stanhope, <laughs> I want to just tell you. I'm leaving now. You just you finish up. I'm going. I just want to tell you, I love what you're doing, and uh, I love listening to your podcast. I love hearing about your antics down there in Bisbee, and I wish you would just run for mayor of Bisbee. And uh, take over, and then we buy a comedy club, and we uh, we just fucking you know we get the bar and free because those people <clears throat> they can't pay any money, they get angry. I they have a comedy angry. club in my house. That's right. That's what I hear. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. It's already working, correct? Yeah. Right. No, just for you comics special like, in your house, right? Yes, and uh, except for the lighting. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Was it was it too bright? Yeah, it yeah was slightly. Too bright. Yeah, you never guess it when the walls are. Pinched. Did you guys plan this in advance, yellow. or did you just uh, no, no? Off? I was. Uh, I took. I I had uh, an hour's worth of shit that either I hadn't done on tape or got cut out of other specials because to make it an hour. And I go, like, well, we're filming here anyway. We have a crew. Let's film one right in the house at the fun house. And you we know, put thirty-five people tightly packed. <laughs> And it fucking killed, except it, when you see the footage, it was too brightly lit. Yeah, but yeah, you could explain that. You could do the reverse of <laughs> what hot what chicks on the internet do. You could use a negative filter. So a filter that makes it look like more gloomy, like he maybe like a Batman movie. Oh. You should try to make it gloomy. Don't worry, it'll be fixed. You can do it. Don't, you can oh, yeah, work on it. The point is, the audience was great, and the audience are my friends, and they will laugh all the time, and I can film comics I like rather than say, hey, go bananas, will you book right, my friend? Right, right, Hey, let's film it right here, and my, my friends, I can pack my own house every fucking weekend and film DVDs. I think you should do a show with all candlelight. Just a small I had theater. candlelight. I had those fake little candles, <laughs> but someone overlit the motherfucker. No, your house was badly wired. Your house <laughs> was badly wired. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't engaged in that job. Wow. So. Uh, All right. Listen, I can understand the, you know, dealing with the, uh, you know, unexpected. I'm yeah. hard to work with. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. I mean, electricity and weird, badly wired houses. Yeah, um, we've so, got a great partnership, though. <laughs> no, you guys are an interesting group. You really are. The two of you together seem to work well. Throw me out. Why is How that, that not a fucking thing? Well, there's two things that bother. Oh yeah, me. go on, go on. What? Three things. One, I can't find a pack of cigarettes. Oh wait, you I bought, gave you fucking four hundred yeah, cigarettes. Just, I, I, you did. All right, Jesus got Christ, he's got a carton in there. Good He's Christ. been fucking someone in Mexico he won't talk about. So he, he keeps talking. No, uh, he, he keeps country. coming back from Mexico every two weeks. Listen, this with is duty free. Is this a family friendly podcast or something? Uh, not anymore. All right. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Now I can't remember the goddamn the, things the I swap wanted. Swapcast. 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 I can't do it here because you do this live. When we do podcasts. A lot of people are drinking and they say shit. They go, oh, fuck. Did I mention his name? So we edit everything. But if there's two comedians that both have podcasts doing a podcast together, it should be a swap cast where you both put it out. Two birds, one stone. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah. 
and I, I've been pitching this since I've been doing it. Well, you could take this one if you want. Well, there's probably some cunt out going there. Oh, Stan Hope already did it. No, I'm saying you should steal that idea. Well, I think that... Uh, Can't do it with you. Well, we definitely could do it with me. You could definitely take... We'll give you a copy of it. I think that... Uh, I think regardless of how many people are listening, whether it's 10 or a million, or 10 million, who gives a shit? Um, it should, uh, everybody was just sort of like distribute it. You know, yeah. like the whole the beautiful thing about podcasts is that everybody can get them for free, yes. and it doesn't it doesn't hurt me to give you the copy of our show, mm -hmm. and you know it shouldn't hurt you. It's not. And it's all. You know, I want I want people to listen to your show because I listen to it. Like there's there's plenty of that fucking podcasts. Well, that I listened. That you had the time to listen. I know. You do eight podcasts a day. I figure shit out, man. I got time. I just don't waste it. I get shit done. I know. We Part have sat. Of it, I realized the, if I didn't drink, I'd have eight more hours in every day. We have sat in the fun house in Bisbee and look and got and like looked at Joe Rogan's activity on a spreadsheet and tried to work out when it is you're <laughs> sleeping. You know, we're like, hang on a minute, he's doing this, this, and this. This never really happened, but yeah. It's well, even if you did, I'm telling you, it just seems way more impressive than it is. It's not that impressive. Because, like, most days, like, if Jamie and I do a podcast, we work for three hours maximum. He works more than me. He, he might work four and a half. And we're done. And we do that, like, three days a week. And that's it. So there's a podcast, right? Okay. And then, then there's the, the fake research that goes into finding podcast guests, which is just really just shit I'm interested in. I never think, <laughs> like, wow, I've got to find... He's good. No. Who's Fucking that? Who is he's, uh, he's, is this uh, a character? Are you going to come in in a wig? No. And a fucking he, he writes cool. And I'll, uh, oh, Have you had Rad Radley Balco on yet? Uh, Andy Coffin uh, used, used to, to work for uh, <laughs> Reason. Uh, now he's Huffington Post. Oh, is he? Oh. He's the guy that gets... He's an investigative journalist that does all the uh, cops that stop people and bust them and steal their shit. Uh, uh, what's that called? He, he, uh, wrote, he wrote a book last year, The Rise of the Warrior Cop. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I have that book, man. Right. He's yeah. fucking brilliant. Yeah, I have that book. That's one of those books that I, I started and then I just got distracted. Just I never finished it. Get him in. Fucking unbelievable. It's not even their That'll fault, man. That'll get your dander up. That's the same thing we were talking about earlier and I really believe book in my office. Now I'm motivated. Technology mm -hmm. about how technology progresses and as long as people stay alive and you can feed them and there, there's no famine, there's no diseases, technology is going to continue to progress. Mm -hmm. I think that like the same thing happens with like enforcing the law whether it comes or trying to make money or uh, what, whatever it is that people pursue they try to improve upon whatever results they've had the previous trimester semester <coughs> year quarter whatever the fuck it is mm -hmm. it's just an inherent part of being a person so if it's about busting people you want to bust more fucking people exactly it's just it's a game it becomes and busting you becomes a game and as soon as it's like a win loss then you're getting people that are addicted to like winning in football or baseball or fucking whatever it else it is or dancing with the stars yes when is dancing why why that's <laughs> Thank a competition God, it's now? finally a competition for years, people have not been judged for their expression. <laughs> and no one would watch it. And it's no bullshit. One, no one would watch yeah. it until it became a competition. It should be. That's right. It was one of your bits. Yeah. Everything's one of our bits. No, no. The, op the opera singing. It a bit. Battle, battle when, of the opera stars. When we've, been, uh, when we've been doing it this long, you realize you're just doing an old bit. 
<laughs> yeah. In a way. I mean, it's how many different... always something you thought of before, and now you're saying it different on a podcast in a conversational way, and then you go, eh. And even in the most original thought, there's still like a rhythm to it, right? There's still that rhythm of three that we all follow that for some reason works, and nobody trained knows. Into well, you trained say into genetic, us a little. Because you're... There's def no, it's not, I don't know if genetics are real. Whatever it is, whatever it is. I mean, I, of course, I know genetics are real, but I don't know if like expressing ideas through jokes from one parent to child. I don't know if that's possible, the, but the people believe it is. They, they believe that it's possible that memes and even racism might be passed from. And I don't mean memes like internet memes, but like ideas. Mm -hmm. Like ideas might be able to be passed, like to, like the reaction and uh, contemplation and solution of an idea might be that passed from parent to child, where the child almost immediately goes to the same resolution or solution mm -hmm. that the parent did, almost instinctively, like they have it programmed in their genome. But it's really um, controversial. You've seen that those the, the footage of the monkeys with the salt and the mm -hmm. and yeah that's yeah. yes exactly what that is. It's it like, is yeah in a lot of ways they've yeah. done it with mice where they've figured out a way to uh, in, uh, they they have a citrus smell and they would spray the citrus smell they would smell it and they would shock their feet and uh, the mice offspring who did not experience the same experiment still when they would blast the citrus smell they would have some sort of uh, um, a reaction like a stress reaction. To like something coming at them. Something. I jerked off to the same video <laughs> last night, but I was coked up. How dare you? Oh. Who is the original How Dare You? It's not me. It's definitely not me. How I don't know who I got you? it from. It's been around. It probably was like serious originally. I was going to say Stern, but uh, How maybe. Dare you? How Dare You? Was it? Well, Stern originated everything. Hey, now. Or that was that the guy from Larry Sanders? That was Larry Sanders. Oh yeah, yeah. Repeat uh, that. Yeah, that guy was crazy. He is awesome. Oh. I gotta go. I'm drunk. It's over. I have, Doug to, I, have to, I, I have to drive really fast on four oh five. is done. Brian Hennigan, tell the people how to follow you on the uh, Twitter. I got a fucking. And all the Instagram. I didn't plug my yes, book. I'm Brian Hennigan. I'm not done, Doug Stanhope. Yeah, you relax. Good. We're not yeah. out of time. Hey, there is no network here. There's no one to yell at you about stiff versus hard. I can't hear you. What was that, Hennigan? I Sorry. am Brian Hennigan. I'm Mr. Hennigan on Twitter and Instagram. And you have a book coming out. I understand. I have Mr. a novel that's out just now. It's a republication of uh, my first novel that was published in the UK a while ago. And it got great reviews, and it was never published in the U.S. Beautiful. He, uh, it's fiction. I never read fiction. And I try to read his book, but I know him. So I'm, uh. I'm listening to the first 30, 40 pages in his voice. And then, then I got past that, and it was funny as shit. So I went to uh, his apartment. I was staying there when he was away, and I just left it with the last three pages unread like I read the whole book <laughs> and became so disinterested I didn't care about the last three pages and left it open like that he didn't notice well, that's true that's probably a good my sign. book digging up mother oh yeah pre-order Joe Rogan is uh, uh, the name checked in as uh, on Amazon you can pre-order that and we'll, and it'll be available in the UK Douglas, Eventually. me boy, will there be more visits to Los Angeles? 
Unfortunately, yes. yes. Why don't you just try to be one of those intercontinental motherfuckers and get yourself a fat spread out here and use some of that stand-up comedy loot to make your life look well, more Well, we're ludicrous. waiting for someone to move out of our fucking rent control apartment building. Oh, that's all well and good. But I think in the Should interest of no, in the in the interest of Oh uh, my god, I would have if I could have stood this whole time. Um uh altruism, you know, help for like the young comics. Maybe perhaps that rent control department could be some sort of a like local dive like shack place where people can go and stay for the young night. comics to us are guys who've only been doing it for 15 years yeah exactly that's what i'm talking about and you can get like a nice place like where sarah silverman lives where you get a view <laughs> get a dude who parks your car for you <laughs> come on doug stanhope uh, all right wrap end. it up we're gonna wrap this up jamie thank you america we appreciate everything about you. Good Buy night. things. Bye-bye. Kettlebells. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was really <laughs> fucked up for the last...